What's going on guys? It's your boy Scrub here back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am and welcome back to day 8 of the 12 days of Scrubs. Hope you guys are all having an absolutely fantastic, joyous, incredible, magic holiday season. If you are, go ahead and smash that like button. I know you guys are gonna love today's video. It's basically all the like insane Karen, crazy mom stories from the year. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. You can always listen to these in podcast form in the link down below. Cop yourself the Karen Christmas sweater from down there too. And here's the last comment of the day and I'll shut up. Enjoy the video. Get off my property type. So, uh, you know, it was a pretty awkward interaction. I figured it would make a good story time. So without further ado, let's go. All right. So the person who sent this to me was in their third year of college, you know, and at that point, you've gotten a lot of your crappy credits out of the way. You've done a lot of the classes nobody wants to do. And they had ended up doing those classes at community college, which meant it was their third year of college, but like their first year actually being on the college campus that had a bunch of people and a bunch of stuff going on. So they weren't super familiar with the area, you know, but they definitely wanted to catch up and have that college experience. So one day after class, he was talking to a few of his classmates and they say that one of them grew up in the area and their parents are going to be out of town. So they're going to throw a party at their parents' ranch house, which listen, you know, I've never been to a party on a ranch over here in Las Vegas. People don't necessarily be owning 40 acres like it's normal. But I'm assuming something about getting really messed up with a bunch of your friends in the middle of nowhere where no one can really see or hear what's going on could be a pretty good time. You end up blowing up a few barrels, everybody has a great time, you know? You wake up in the horse barn. <laughs> Whatever it may be, he just figured, why not? I'll go to this party, have myself a good time, it'll be lit. So he ends up getting the address from the person whose house it is, right? And he knows it's gonna be in the middle of nowhere because it does have a house number, but it's like House 80, Highway 55. You know, it's not like it's got some pretty street name. It's not like it's in some subdivision. You just kind of got to find it. And this guy is from a pretty big city, so he has literally no experience finding these places. And of course, he has to work that night. So he finishes work, he gets out, and it's dark, and he starts driving around trying to find this address that he has written down. And like I said, he's not from a place where this has ever been something he has to do before. So he's just rolling around these country roads like it's dark, clearly lost, has no idea where he's going. But then he finds a mailbox that has a similar number. So he just figures that he'll go down the driveway and see if this is the house. And see, it might be pretty normal like in a city, like here if you're lost to just kind of roll around the neighborhood and try to figure out where you are, that's pretty normal. That being said, people who live out in the country aren't used to strangers rolling down their driveway slow in the middle of the night, especially if they're not planning on having anyone there. I don't live out in the country. That being said, if I ever do move out to the middle of nowhere, I'm probably doing it so that way people aren't coming onto my driveway and bothering me all the time, you know? Probably out here with like a security system, even for the UPS guy. Like that level of, uh, just don't come onto my property and I don't blame them. Because you got to imagine, if you're in the middle of nowhere, 90% of the time people that are coming onto your property know you or know what's on the property. The odds that many people are just wandering around lost, I'm guessing, is is smaller when you live in the middle of nowhere. But he doesn't really think anything of it. He's just kind of going down this driveway. And as he's going down the driveway, he sees the light of a house on probably like a mile up the driveway. And so he's cruising and he's going really slow and he sees some shadows in the front of the house, like through the window. So he decides, whatever, he'll just go up and knock on the door and see if they can give him direction. And once again, nothing about this is innately horrible, right? 
right? Whatever, you get lost, you need help, it is what it is. That being said, pulling up, knocking on the door of a stranger's house in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, they might be a little paranoid about the entire interaction, you know? Anyways, when he gets out of the car and starts walking up to the door to knock and see if they can give him directions, the lights turn off and he stops seeing shadows move around. And obviously, you know, you're not gonna assume that the people that were just home see your car pull up and start pretending to not be home, so his first thought is, oh, this is my friend's house and they're messing with me by pretending to not be here. You know, they're gonna hide, I'm gonna get back in the car and they're gonna be like, where are you? So he starts to think that they're messing with him, so he decides to mess with them back. The only issue is, this is not his friend's house, right? So he starts knocking on the door, and when I say knocking, he's like pounding on the door, right? He thinks his friends are right on the other side trying to make him look stupid. He just wants to get in out of the cold air, so he's like, gong, 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 let me in, let me in. And sure enough, if your friends are on the other side of the door, I'm sure this would be really funny. They're pretending to not be there, you're freaking out. The only problem is, the people on the other side of the door have no clue who this dude is. All they saw was some car very slowly creeping up their driveway, and then some guy getting out and coming to bang on the door. And so there's like a ring doorbell there and he hears a voice come through it and it doesn't sound like any of his friends and it's a man's voice and he goes, I don't know who you are or what you're doing on my property, but you need to get out of here. Otherwise, I'm going to call the cops. And this guy, for whatever reason, doesn't click that like, oh, okay, this isn't my friend's house. He once again thinks that it's somebody in the party messing with him and being like, get out of here. So he looks at the ring doorbell and goes, I'm not afraid of that, dude. Come on, just let me in. I'm here for the party. And the ring doorbell comes back and they go, listen, there's no party here. You have the wrong house. Seriously, like, get off my property. And for some reason, dude, it's still not clicking in this dude's head that this is not the right house. He's like, wow, they're really committed to this entire joke. And so he goes one more time. He's like, look, I'm not leaving until somebody comes out. And obviously the person on the other side is now convinced that there's just some raving lunatic standing on the porch demanding entry to their house. So they're freaking out. And there's just silence from the ring doorbell after that. And after about two minutes of just pure silence after that, he goes, okay, I'm just going to go back to the car. This is ridiculous. I'm going to go home. So he bangs on the door one more time and he goes, if you don't let me into the party, then I'm leaving. And there's no response. So he turns around and starts walking back to his car. And he probably gets 30 feet away from the door when he hears it open. And he turns around and goes, oh, so you're finally going to let me in. But instead of seeing one of his friends, he just sees this old man brandishing what appears to be, you know, uh, a, a Valorant pew pew. I'm not going to say it, but definitely something that you don't want to see aimed at you, especially in the middle of the night when you're realizing that you're on someone else's property. And he goes, oh, you are not my friend. And he goes, I've told you multiple times that there's no party here. You need to get off my property now. And this guy has really never had an interaction like this. I don't feel like most people have, but he's kind of like frozen with fear. Obviously, in that situation, you're going to be basically pooping your pants. I can't blame him, dude. If I was wearing tidy whities they'd be tidy brownies in this situation. But he's kind of realizing that this is just a scared old man that thinks that he was just trying to break into his house. And so, obviously, he's like, you need to go now. And so, finally, the old man says again, he's like, I said, get out of here. And at that point, like, the fear kind of leaves his body and he's like, uh, yeah, 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 I'll get out of here. And he, like, backs up very slowly, hands up, gets in the car, and peels down the driveway as fast as humanly possible. And before he even gets to the end of the driveway, he calls his friend and he's like, hey, I went to the wrong house, some old man just came out and, like, told me to get off his property. 
and his friend who house it is goes oh that's my neighbor you're really close and he goes does your neighbor do that often and he goes well dude I don't know, like, I've never heard of him doing that, but that being said, it's like 10 p.m. and you're banging on the wrong door demanding entry to a party that's not going on, probably just scaring the crap out of this old man who definitely thinks someone's trying to break into his house right now. So, I don't know, my neighbor is a little bit crazy, but, uh, yeah, you're kind of in a place where, like, that might happen if you pull up to someone's house at 10 p.m. and start banging on the door. And listen, I know a lot of people are gonna be like, that old man is crazy, but think about it. You are in the middle of nowhere. You have a mild driveway. You watch some car very slowly approach. Some person you don't know get out and start banging on the door and be like, let me in, I'm here for the party. You're a 75-year-old man, bro. You haven't had anyone visit in a very long time. Yeah, you're probably freaking out. Not to mention every time you tell him to leave and there's no party, he just doubles down and keeps banging on the door like, okay, very funny, let me in. I would probably probably be scared too. I'm not saying it's this guy's fault at all. Clearly he just had the wrong address. He didn't know that he's just scaring this old man. This entire situation is just horrible, right? Because everybody's freaking out, everybody's scared, and everybody kind of has a reason to be scared, right? Anyways, he doesn't end up going home. He does end up going to his friend's party, and he goes to his friend's party, and he has such a good time at his friend's party that he ends up falling asleep there, right? didn't end up being able to make the drive home so he just stays and the next morning they wake up and they're kind of talking and they're like look let's go talk to my neighbor and explain what happened just so that way he doesn't think that someone was trying to like break into his house you know it's probably better to just explain it and the person who had knocked on the door goes over with the owner of the house and they kind of knock on the door and sure enough this time the old man answers with nothing in his hand and he goes, hey, and then he looks at the other guy who had been knocking on his door. He says, hey, to the person who's his neighbor. And he goes, oh, you're the dude who was here last night and wouldn't get off my property. And immediately the person who sent this to me turns red with embarrassment, right? And they're like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I thought this was the right house. When I pulled up and the lights were on, I just assumed that this was the right house. And when they turned them off, I thought they were messing with me, which is why I kept banging on the door. Like I didn't even think about it being the wrong house and I'm really sorry. And the old man is like surprisingly understanding. He's like, no, it's okay, you know. I saw the car pulling up and I turned off my lights because there's been an uptick in like burglaries around here and I just didn't want to have to deal with it. And honestly, I was going to ignore you until you left, but you just kept banging on the door demanding to come in. So eventually I was like, I just got to get this guy out of here. And the person who sent this to me is just feeling like an absolute moron because they're realizing throughout this entire interaction, they basically were just like scaring this dude. They didn't realize, bro. They had no clue burglaries are on the rise. They had no clue it's the wrong house. But that being said, yeah, this old man is just trying to ignore you and you're like the most ferocious Girl Scout troop that won't take no to buying cookies for an answer. You're just banging on the door. You're like, I'm not leaving till you buy 900 Thin Mints. Anyways, the old man says, like, listen, it's good, but just so you know, if somebody says that it's the wrong house, it's probably better to go back and double-check the address rather than just keep banging on the door. Especially because, you know, like like I said, people have walked up to my house, knocked on the door, and been at the wrong address. Like, it happens. If, I, if you live in a neighborhood, it's doable. But yeah, 11 at night in the middle of nowhere where your nearest neighbor's half a mile away? Uh, it, 
you can't blame them for maybe not believing the, you know, oh, I'm looking for a friend's house. Especially if they never have people knocking on the door, period. They're gonna be a little bit more paranoid than, like, someone who's just living near a ton of people. Regardless, the person who sent this to me did, like, profusely apologize for scaring him, and the old man was super cool about it, and after that, he was always double-checking the addresses, and also just got more familiar with the area. But, uh, yeah, that's the story of a time a subscriber of mine almost got blooped by simply banging on the wrong door for like an insanely long period of time. You know, always double check the address before you start harassing everyone in the house, just a general rule of thumb. But All right, so the dude who sent this in to me said, for the most part, the students and their parents are super easy to work with. You know, like 99% of the time, they're very chill. Every now and then, someone can have a Karen attitude. But even if like one of his students has a Karen parent, he tries not to let it impact, you know, the kid too much because it's not their fault. That being said, these particular people just ended up crossing the line, you know? One day he comes into work and he was in charge of teaching the newer students and he sees that he has a new student named Jake, right? And Jake seems fine enough, you know, it just seems like he's really wanting to learn some karate, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle style. And usually with people that were brand new, they got a little bit of one-on-one -on -one training with one of the instructors just to kind of get them up to speed, make them feel like they had a, a little bit more of a base understanding of like base skills, right? So this particular teacher gets pulled aside with Jake and is gonna do like a little bit of one-on-one -on -one training with him for his first lesson. And this guy's just working with Jake on the absolute basics, right? I don't know anything about martial arts, but I'm assuming you don't start trying to do like tornado ninja kick. No, you kind of got to start with like, this is how you punch. This is how you kick. I'm assuming you got to like progress through everything, you know? I I'm guessing I'm going to compare it to skating. Like you got to learn how to ollie really well before you learn a bunch of other tricks. I guess you don't have to, but it certainly makes life easier. Regardless, this guy's working with Jake, just going over the most basic karate moves imaginable and it's like a big open room and so Jake is watching the more advanced students that are older and clearly been doing this for longer working on this new thing that they were which was like a high kick thing and Jake looks at the teacher that's teaching him and is like I want to learn that which listen I don't blame him for wanting to learn that right if you're learning like a basic punch and you see somebody doing some sick karate move you're probably going to want to learn that and that being said if it's your very first day of karate you just kind of got to understand that you're not going to be able to be pulling out the spin kick, you know? So the teacher kind of explains to him that like, yeah, it's a really awesome move. I understand why you would want to learn that and you get there eventually, but you kind of got to learn the basics first. Like there's no way for me to teach you that until you get good at this stuff, which, you know, I'm sure is not the funnest thing to hear when you're a little kid at a karate lesson. But at the same time, like it is just the reality of the situation, right? You can't go from level one to level 30 unless you're using cheat codes. And sadly, those don't exist in real life. If they did, I'm pretty sure we'd all be slapping in the buttons. Imagine IRL gets infinite money cheats. <clears throat> Anyways, the teacher is trying to explain to him that like he just can't really learn that right now because he hasn't learned any of the other skills that you need before it. Da 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 da. You know, I would compare it to Legos, skateboarding, anything. Like you kind of got to learn the basics first. You can't go kill a tray flip until you learn how to ollie and get that down first. I guess in theory you could, but y'all know what I'm saying. Anyways, Jake doesn't really like that explanation. Instead of being like, you're right, I will learn to get to that level so I can do this move. He just kind of starts arguing back and forth with the teacher being like, well, I want to learn it. And he's like, okay, well, you know, you're going to have to get there over time. It's not something you can learn instantly. And Jake just starts replying that like, well, what you're teaching me right now is stupid and I don't want to learn it. Just teach me what I want to learn. This stuff sucks. And the teacher's kind of taken aback because usually people aren't telling him that like, you suck at what you're teaching me 
right now. I hate this. So he just kind of looks at Jake while he's complaining and is like, well, I don't want to, like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't want to teach you that. And I can't teach you that until you get this done. So if you really don't like it and you think what we're learning sucks, then you're just never going to get to learning what they're doing over there. And you would think at that point, Jake would maybe realize reality is he's not going to learn it, right? Just keep going with this instructor. But no, he starts throwing a temper tantrum, bro. He's crying. He's screaming about how he hates this and doesn't want to be here anymore. And Jake was a young kid, but he was definitely too old to think that, like, that was a way to get anything you want, you know? He should have been past the point of throwing a tantrum in public because someone wouldn't teach him a karate move. And so the teacher just kind of takes a step back and is watching Jake just throwing this tantrum because he doesn't want to get involved. He doesn't want to engage him and make him think that like, you know, he can keep acting that way. So he's just watching this dude throw this tantrum and it's going on for about five minutes. And the teacher is literally watching this thinking to himself like, oh my gosh, how has this guy like not grown tired of this yet? He's literally been throwing a tantrum for five minutes straight when he feels a tap on his shoulder. And when he turns around, he's like inches away from this just dude, this like grown man who is so red that like he looks like the veggie tails to tomato, you know? And he in his mind is like, oh, this is probably Jake's dad and Jake's dad doesn't look too happy. And almost on cue, the guy starts yelling about like, what did you do to make my son upset? Why is he having a tantrum? And he shoves the teacher after he asks him the question. And you know, this teacher isn't necessarily afraid of like fighting. He teaches a martial art, but he doesn't want anything to happen. So he puts his hands up and takes a step back and is like, whoa, whoa, I did nothing to make your son this upset. This is on him. You need to relax don't put your hands on me. And the dad's like, don't tell me to relax. You better tell me what happened. And the teacher's like, all right, I'll tell you what happened. And very calmly starts to explain that like, I was trying to teach your sons the very basic moves because it's his first day. He saw advanced students doing something advanced and demanded I teach it to him. I told him he couldn't learn that until he learned this. He started arguing with me about how I had to teach him that. There's no way for him to learn it until he learns the basics. And he started having a temper tantrum and that's where we're at. And you would think when they're calmly explaining that, you know, and you've, you've got to be a little bit aware of the fact that you're like, kid throws temper tantrums, I'm guessing. You think someone calmly explaining that would like calm the dad down a little bit and be like, oh, I misjudged the situation. Clearly this person is not the person causing my kid to have a temper tantrum. That's more on him. But no, dude, the dad instantly takes Jake's side and starts screaming at this karate instructor. Well, then you need to teach him what he wants to learn. We're paying for these classes. I'm paying your salary. And as long as I'm paying your salary, you're going to teach my kid what he wants to learn. And, you know, he's heard this before about like, well, I'm paying you, so you teach me what I want. And so he tries to explain to the dad again that like, okay, I understand that you're paying for the class, but the stuff he wants to learn is dependent on learning other skills before it. You know, I can't really teach him how to write a paragraph if he doesn't know how to write a word. And the dad's like, well, I don't care. If I say to do it, then you do it. I'm the one paying, so I'm the one in charge of the instruction, which like, I just don't really think that's how it works, you know? Sure, I guess most situations, if you're paying, you're kind of in charge, but if you're paying someone to teach you something, you kind of have to understand that they know how to teach it better than you, right? Like, that's why you're paying them. And so the instructor looks at the dad in, at that point and goes like, well, do you know how to teach this? And the dad, you know, is all angry. No, why do you think I'm paying you to teach it to him? And he goes, exactly, okay? You don't know how to teach him how to do karate, so don't tell me how to do 
do my job. I don't come to H&R Block and tell you how to do taxes, do I? So, like, cool it. Which, listen, of course, you know, he is kind of coming for the dude. But this guy's been shoving him, insulting him. Like, I think a fair joke about I don't come to H&R Block and tell you how to do taxes isn't that insulting. And it's kind of funny, if anything, especially when you've been shoving him, right? But at that point, as soon as he says, like, I don't come to H&R Block and tell you how to do taxes, he hears a woman's voice behind him yelling like, oh, you want to get smart with us, huh? And he turns around, and sure enough, there's a Karen walking over now. And he starts looking around at the other instructors with like a please help me look, you know, like someone please help me. And the Karen walks over and starts arguing with him, and now it's a 2v1, right? He's outnumbered in this situation. Both of Jake's parents are arguing with him, and they're both equally entitled. The mom starts going off about how like, you do what we say, and you teach what we want him to, because we're the ones paying. Which like, that was their point over and over again, as if somehow the fact that they were paying for it meant that like, they were now in charge of the curriculum of the entire school, you know? Like, I just don't really understand. Truthfully, it's his job. You are paying him because he knows how to teach karate, and you don't know how. You know, like, I wouldn't go to H&R Block and start screaming at an accountant that he doesn't know how to do accounting because I'm there paying him because I don't know how to do it. And if you are an accountant who knows what you're doing, why are you going to H&R Block and yelling at a dude when you could just do it yourself? Like, clearly the reason you've come to this karate dojo is because you need someone to teach this kid karate and you don't know how. So how are you then also smarter than the teacher who like does this for a living and just because you pay him you automatically know better? Under that logic bro, who needs a doctor, right? I'm paying the doctor. So under that logic, you know, you're just gonna give me surgery even though I don't need it, right? You go to the doctor, he like diagnoses you with something and you're just like, no, I pay you, you're not gonna do that. And he's like, well you have it, either way. Anyways, at that point one of the other teachers walks over and he was a little bit old. Older, and both parents are just going off now to the older teacher about how this guy's a moron and he wouldn't teach their son what he wanted to learn and they just think that that's a horrible way to run the business, da 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 da. And the older teacher is like pretending to really be on their side. He's listening and he goes, oh, are you guys really unhappy with the quality of the education here? And Karen and the dad are like, yes, we are very unhappy with our experience. I, I won't believe that we'll be ever coming back here again. And if we do, then you better teach our son what he wants to learn and he's like you know what I have the perfect solution for this since you guys are such great customers and clearly know so much about this you know come with me and at that point Karen and her husband are thinking that like you know this anger this freak out has won right they literally say like this is more of what we expected when we raise concerns as they're walking with the older teacher over to this like counter thing that they had you know they look at the teacher they were arguing with and tell him like this is how you're supposed to treat customers for future reference and the older teacher kind of leads them over to this little counter that they had and asked them to confirm that they thought the teacher was bad and didn't know what he was doing. And they very loudly again are like, yes, he has no clue what he's doing. He's a moron. We would never want him to teach our kid karate. And he goes, awesome, great. Here's your refund. Now you guys can leave. And he gave them their money back for the one lessons and was like, yeah, you can leave now. Go away. And they're just kind of standing there. And he goes, if you guys are so unhappy, I gave you a refund. I actually don't want either of you back at this dojo. We aren't going to teach your 
your son any karate anymore. So there's your money back. Have fun. Go on your way since we're dumb and don't know anything. And the dad just yells out, excuse me? What is wrong with you? And the older teacher now is like, listen, you just went in, shoved one of our teachers, started screaming at him that he's a moron that doesn't know anything, when all he's trying to do is teach your son safely. So obviously, if that's going to be your attitude, it's just not going to work. So here's your refund and get out. And both of them are just literally stunned. Like, he's mad and wants to argue, but at the same time, he had asked them over and over again if they thought this sucked. And they said, yes, so like, yeah, if they give you your refund and you don't leave and you choose to stay and pay them more, that's really on you. So you can tell that they're a little bit confused. And the Karen at that point is like, well, where should we take him to learn what he wants to learn? And the older teacher goes, are you seriously asking me to recommend another place to take your kid to learn karate? And she's like, yeah. And he just looks at her and goes, that's not my problem, but you guys are more than welcome to Google it. And they're like, oh, that's ridiculous. There's no reason to be that rude. And so they got Jake and they go out to the car, you know? And the way to the, on the walk to the car, they're just silent, right? Like on the way there, just nothing. They don't say anything. They're not even looking at each other. And the older teacher walks over to the guy that had been like having problems, you know, and arguing with the dad and is like, hey man, don't worry about that. That was crazy. They won't be back. And he's like, yeah, thank you for that. I don't really know what they wanted me to do. And at that point, other parents that had watched the entire thing come down, go over to him and they're like, you're a great teacher. Don't worry about it. And as much as he appreciated everyone being nice, you know, it wasn't really messing with his head. Like, he knew for a fact that he just couldn't turn Jake into, like, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle overnight, and no amount of screaming at him over and over again, I'm paying you, was gonna change that. Like, there was, what do you want him to do about it, bro? You could give me $70,000. I can't turn you into an Olympian in four hours, bro. It, you can just throw money at me forever. It doesn't matter. If anything, he felt more bad for Jake because his parents were just gonna turn him into a monster like that, you know? He was just kind of surprised by the entire ordeal about them demanding that he does his job differently. Like, like I was saying, just couldn't believe that somebody that would admit that they have no knowledge about what they're talking about would demand that they also know more about how to teach the thing that they know nothing about. Like, you know, I just don't really understand how that works. And also, even because you're paying someone doesn't mean that you, like, de facto can just tell them what to do when they have to. Listen, I'm paying you to be a karate instructor, but I am paying you, so go do the dishes. Like, what? I don't think you necessarily get to control every aspect of a person's personality just because you were paying them to teach someone karate. And you're especially not entitled to, like, start insulting them, threatening to fight them and shove them and stuff just because you're paying them either. If you have questions or concerns about what's going on, on, that's different. If you're just gonna start like, you know, demanding refunds and saying that he sucks at his job for no reason, ah, that's kind of out of pocket. Like I said, there's just no reason to go shove a karate instructor because he couldn't turn your kid into a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle in 20 minutes. But hey, it's not his problem anymore. They're banned from the dojo and something tells me that Jake never went on to learn martial arts after this. So, uh, hey. Shout out to the older teacher for being a G and banning them, but I just thought the entire interaction you guys would find entertaining. About possibly the worst teammate I've ever heard of, this took place in this dude's recreational college basketball league, which, you know, is supposed to be pretty chill, but he had the most over-the-top, try-hard teammate who just sucked to play with, and on top of that, just sucked at the game, and uh, it was pretty entertaining, so I figured I would share it with you guys, so without further ado, let's get into it. Alright, so basically, the college that this subscriber went to had its own, like, recreational sports league for the students 
parents and, you know, whenever it comes to recreational sports in general, they're supposed to be more chill than, like, angry, rah, we have to win. It was supposed to be more fun for the students. And obviously, it was still a sport, so you wanted to score, you wanted to win the game, but, you know, it was more about making friends. There was no reason to go a million miles an hour in a league that you're not getting paid to play in. There's nothing you get if you win. It's a basketball league where, like, if you're going over the top fouling everyone, people are probably going to have an issue with it because it's just not that serious. I'm not saying nobody would try to win, but, you know, it's just not the type of game where you're just going to try to hurt the best player on the other team. And on top of that, just to make sure that, like, there was no groups of people that knew each other and took it too seriously when you signed up for this particular basketball league, the teams were randomly assigned. So you couldn't have, like, a group of six dudes that decided to just come in and sweat and destroy everybody. It was just randomly assigned for people that wanted to play basketball. So whatever, the teams get randomly assigned and have to uh, pick when they're going to practice, when they're going to have a meeting, all that stuff. And this subscribers team decides that they're going to have the first meeting in the quad and just kind of decide when they're going to practice and talk about stuff. So obviously, since they're meeting in the quad where there's no basketball hoops and everybody had kind of agreed it was just a meeting to decide on what was going on, nobody showed up dressed for basketball. But one guy shows up with the full fit on from head to toe. You know, he's got the headband on, the wristbands. He's really looking like Will Ferrell from that one basketball movie. You know what I'm talking about? And he starts to berate them when he shows up for, like, not being ready to play and how if they're meeting for basketball, they should always be ready to play at any given time. And everybody's kind of, like, confused a little bit because, you know, they had agreed that this was just the first meeting and on top of that, like, why would someone just randomly challenge them to a basketball game in the middle of a quad where there's no basketball hoops? And the guy who's all dressed up says that, like, you never know when it could happen, so you just always got to stay prepared. And like I said, it was kind of weird, but maybe the guy just really loves basketball or something. Maybe he was kidding. Who knows? So nobody really said anything about it because they weren't going to, like, crap on his passion. Anyways, the rest of the team kind of starts their meeting and they decide that they wanted to practice once a week. You know, everybody is in college, so they have classes to do, they have, like, stuff to get done. They don't have the ability to be spending a bunch of time practicing and worrying about this recreational basketball league that, once again, means nothing. But Full Fit, who I'm gonna call Benjamin from now on, is not very happy with only one practice a week. Ben just starts saying that if they're not gonna practice at least three times a week, it's like going to ruin their chances of winning the league and they need to take this seriously. And you gotta keep in mind that if they were to do three practices a week plus the game, that's four nights a week of basketball. And obviously, for what the league is, that just doesn't make sense. Their grades are gonna start to slip, you know, they just have other stuff they do, a lot of them work. There's no way they're going to be able to practice three nights a week. So they tell him it's just way too much time for the league and they're more playing to just have fun and make friends. And obviously they want to win, but they're not willing to like throw away their job or their GPA for this like basketball league. And Ben starts to rant about how, you know, the, the current thinking that they had wasn't the winning mindset and how he had been watching all these podcasts recently about how you have to get into the winning mindset if you're going to dominate a sports league. So they needed to get out of that and realize that like jobs don't really matter in the grand scheme of things if they get the glory of sports. Which, bro, I don't know what podcast you're listening to, but uh, I don't think they're living in the real world, bro. Listen, 
I'm not saying you shouldn't have passions that are more important than your job, but the idea that your job should matter less than the recreational sports league, that's a little bit silly. I feel like that podcast is very bad advice. But the entire group is like, well, we're really okay with losing. We don't care that much. It's fine. If we lose, it's our fault, and like we can sleep with that at night. And Ben's like, you guys are going to be able to sleep with yourselves at night if you're the reason that we lose all of our games. And they're like, yeah. And he doesn't really get it, but reluctantly is like, fine. And nobody was really being too mean to Ben, even during this argument, because they were like, whatever. He just really likes basketball. He's being a little over the top, but who really cares? And they all agreed on one practice a week, you know? So on Wednesdays, they were going to practice. Fridays usually were the day when the game was. So all in all, it wasn't going to be that bad. And it was a Monday when they're having the meeting, so the first practice would be in like two days. And reluctantly, Ben agrees to it and says it's fine. Like, you know, he's pretty pissed off about it, like I said. Whatever, we're going to lose, blah, 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 blah. And it's going to be your guys' fault, but they don't care. And honestly, after that, they kind of forgot about it because it's not their number one priority. This league isn't something that they're thinking about all the time. They're not dreaming about winning MVP, you know, it's just, it is what it is. So Wednesday comes up and everybody ends up going to the gym and they see the team and they're kind of just like talking, getting to know each other a little bit, talking about the experience that they have. And once everybody gets there, Ben tries to like start the practice and take over, which maybe this dude secretly is like a basketball coach or something, who knows? But he tries to take over the practice right away and he starts demanding that everybody needs to get like their conditioning right and they're going to start with 25 sprints. And the rest of everyone looks at each other and is like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that, man. We're not doing 25 sprints. They say they were willing to do like a couple of sprints just to see how fast everyone was, but they weren't going to spend the entire practice sprinting because it wasn't that deep. You know, once again, like, I'm not trying to say it too much. It is a rec league. Everybody kind of knows what's up. They don't really want to have to be doing sprints. And plus, it's a waste of time. If this is your only practice before your first game, spending all of it sprinting isn't going to get you guys, like, a win at all. If Mr. Ben is a basketball expert, you know? And on top of that, bro, like, I'm just not, I'm not doing conditioning for a rec league. Like, I'm just not doing it. I'm sorry, man. If I'm slow, I'm slow. You just got to deal with it. When they say that, though, Ben is pissed and is like, fine, you guys run the practice then I bet you it'll be a train wreck like I'm over trying to carry this team you guys do whatever you want to do and happens that one of the dudes who was on their team was like a varsity starter in high school which you know I understand that like a high school basketball isn't the highest level in the world but he obviously had enough experience to like kind of guide this practice with everybody who also had played basketball before so he kind of starts saying that they're going to work on a few drills to work on passing and shooting just to see how good everyone is and get everybody a little bit accustomed to like how people shot how people passed who was good who was not all that stuff so they just kind of start doing a few of those and everyone's pretty solid at basketball actually don't get it twisted this isn't like Space Jam they're not incredible you know they didn't steal the powers of Charles Barkley but everyone's like field goal percentage is pretty solid it's not like anyone is whiffing every shot except for one player on the team and that's Ben you know you would think with the ego Ben has and talking about how like all he cares about is basketball and winnings all that matters you know always staying ready for a pickup game that he would be 
really, really good. You think he would basically be a basketball god, but the dude really sucked. Like, for example, they were doing this thing for a little bit where they were basically alley-ooping to each other, and if you couldn't dunk, then, like, you were just supposed to do a layup, right? And Ben could not make a layup to save his life. And no one was making fun of him about it, but everybody was kind of thinking, like, oh, okay, so this guy's ego is up here and his skill level is down there. So, uh, yeah, we're definitely just gonna try to avoid giving him the ball, because he thinks that he's Michael Jordan, and in reality, he's like Will Ferrell from the movie. Like I said earlier, dude, I'm gonna throw a picture of him on screen, so you guys can just see what I'm imagining in my head. From the way the dude was described to me, this is kind of what he had going on, you know, the headband, the wristbands, talking a lot of smack, but just not very good at the game, which is always interesting to see the ego skill gap. Anyways, halfway through practice, the guy who's kind of running it decides that they should probably do a little bit of a 4v4 game, because they had eight players just to kind of like see how everyone was and get a little bit of practice in so that way it wasn't like everyone was super rusty before the game and everyone's like all right fine so on top of just not being very good at all ben also was a ginormous ball hog like you literally would have thought the man had an allergic reaction anytime someone said he should pass the ball if he got the ball then he was taking it all the way to the hoop and probably missing like it didn't matter if he was uh getting triple teamed nope didn't matter he was somehow going to find a way to score the only problem is he was not very good at the whole scoring thing so it was more just like he was embarrassing himself and he literally was so bad at ball hogging that his team in this 4v4 just started refusing to give him the ball anymore because it just was working so badly and it kind of turned into a 4v3 and what's really embarrassing is that they ended up doing better scoring more and like having not a comeback obviously because it was still a 4v3 but having way more of a balanced score at the end of the day than they were by giving him the ball and at the end of practice after the scrimmage you know Ben is obviously pissed and they know that he's pissed because he doesn't do his best to hide it at all he's like guys what is going on I'm out here trying to make plays and you're not giving me the ball like what's happening and one of the people that had been on his team tells him listen bro you're literally shooting zero percent you're not passing the ball to anyone you're like purposely going into triple teams and still trying to score so we're just not gonna give you the ball there's no reason to give it to you if you can't score which sure is mean but at the same time man like what did you expect the rest of your team to do when you're just ball hogging and you suck I don't think anyone would be super hype with that situation and especially if they do better not giving you the ball they're just gonna not give you the ball and shooting 0% is embarrassing, bro. Like, listen, I suck at basketball. I'm not saying I'm good at all. That being said, I feel like, you know, I could shoot 5%. I feel like anyone could, dude. My grandma could probably shoot 5%. How do you take 15 shots and, like, miss all of them if you have any experience whatsoever? And especially if you've been playing that bad, I'm shocked that you have the nerve to, like, talk trash to your teammates, you know? If you know that you've literally missed every shot you take after the scrimmage, I would be more embarrassed that I was taking all those shots rather than, like, calling them out. I'm out here trying to make plays! Yeah, you're also trying to score, but it doesn't seem to be working out for you, bro. Anyways, after the trash talking starts Ben launches into a rant about how like if they lose the game Friday he's gonna be pissed and you know it's all their fault if they don't give him the ball and allow him to make plays and the rest of his teammates are standing around wondering why this guy's acting like Zac Efron in high school musical gotta get your head in the game you know just treating it like a soap opera if we lose Friday ugh, I'm gonna be pissed you don't understand what'll happen what bro did you like bet your dad's life with the mob or something like what is really that serious about this recreational basketball game it doesn't actually matter 
Anyways, like I said, he's going full high school musical, and uh, after that, everybody's like, all right, man, well, we're gonna win Friday, don't worry about it, and then they go home. And the subscriber is just insanely confused by Ben, you know? Like, if you want to take sports seriously, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, if you really want to take it seriously, that's your prerogative. That being said, you should probably join a little bit more of a serious league than, like, the recreational college team, where they don't allow you to be on team with a bunch of people because they don't want people to try very hard. Like, you know what I mean? There's a reason that they're randomly assigning the teams. It's because they don't want people to be sweating that hard. They want it to be more about fun. Maybe you just should have picked a different league. Anyways, the day before the game, Ben sends a text to the group message that has everybody in it, and he says that he thinks there might be scouts there because they might be looking for talent right in their own backyard so everybody play on their best, you know, because you never know if you're going to be picked up by a scout and it's possible that there could be like NBA scouts there and obviously everybody is just rolling their eyes wondering on what planet he's on to think that there's going to be college or NBA scouts at this game you know I haven't heard of the uh, rec league to NBA pipeline I've never heard of anyone doing that maybe Ben will be the first I doubt it with his skills but it just seems weird to just assume that scouts are going to be at this game for no reason like they're just not going to be regardless everyone kind of ignores his text in the group chat but the next day the game comes everybody shows up and everyone's got you know their uniforms on and just to give you guys an idea of how casual this league really is the uniforms in question are just like the same colored t-shirt they all were wearing a green t-shirt they didn't have jerseys you know it was just like all right guys throw on some t-shirts so that way you can tell each other apart and we're good to go they didn't want people taking it too seriously like obviously it was more of just uh we're gonna play a little pickup game of basketball and Ben had wanted to get custom jerseys made and everybody was like no because he said they were going to be $90 a piece which I don't know where he got that price from but yeah I'm not paying for a $90 jersey I can get a real jersey for that much anyways you would have just thought that Ben was actually at an NBA game from the second that he walked into the gym he was like screaming about how it was game time you know and this is when men turn into immortals but he wasn't being like uh, sarcastic I I guess is the right word satirical whatever like he wasn't saying all right guys this is where men turn into immortals at our rec league basketball game and then waiting for the laugh he was being serious he's like this is where boys turn to men it's just uh it's just a pickup game of basketball basically bro don't think anyone is turning immortal even if you drop 90 points this game i don't think anyone's gonna talk about it except you the other team itself looked pretty normal. The only player that was, like, really standing out from the other team, though, was this guy who must have been, like, 6'10", 6'11", just an absolute giant of a man. Which, you know, when you're playing basketball isn't the most, like, calming thing to see on the other team. But it is supposed to be a pretty casual game, so they're assuming he won't really try too hard. It should just be, like, a fun time, and uh, even if he is way better than them, like, what are they gonna do about it? Well, everybody has that attitude attitude except for Ben who starts talking trash to him for some reason saying that like you know he's gonna own him and don't worry about the coverage on that guy because Ben's gonna have it covered and listen man
man. I'm not saying height is like purely everything in basketball. I'm not saying it's the only thing that matters. But if this dude's 6'10", 6'11", then you would think to talk trash about how you're going to cover him or own him. You'd be like, what, at least 6'7", maybe? Even then, that's going to be not a super fun time. Ben is like 5'9". You know, I'm not saying there's no way he's going to be able to cover this dude. But he's going to have himself a very, very hard time trying to hold it together covering someone like over a foot taller than him especially when you're trash talking him before the game starts and pissing him off and ben continues to trash talk him to the point where the 611 guy is like dude can you please relax like it's just not that serious there's no reason to be going this hard and ben says that it is serious to him and don't worry he's gonna back it up he's gonna own him all game and the 611 guy is like all right dude whatever but clearly is annoyed with the fact that this dude is being so angry already and finally the game goes to start and uh off tip off it just happens that there's a pretty weird bounce and the ball ends up in ben's hands and ben is obviously a ball hog so he's not gonna pass it to anyone he just starts driving down the court thinking that he's in the clear but now the 611 guy has basically made it his mission to make ben have a bad game and embarrass him as much as possible so ben's flying down the court going for what should be a really easy layup he should have no problem doing this but as he goes up for the layup the 611 guy sprints in out of nowhere and just drops a hammer down on him and smacks the ever-living crap out of the ball it was all ball contact but you know it was still in ben's hands so it affects his trajectory like because he's in the air and it kind of sends ben almost sideways in the air looking like a looney tune and he's slams down onto the ground and it's so funny looking that everybody laughs and they weren't laughing to try to be mean it's just like honestly he got the ball smacked goes sideways in the air looking like something straight out of a looney tune cartoon and then smacked onto the floor with the wrath of a a failed rocket launch just like boom and so he gets up all pissed off and shoves the giant of a man and is like dude what the heck that was uncalled for like now we're gonna throw hands And that's obviously a bad idea. Because, like, listen, okay, it is already a basketball game. Fighting over, it's probably not the greatest move. I understand it was an over-the-top block, so you might be pissed. The guy still is, like, 6'10", 6'11", and you're still 5'9", so uh, I don't think that's going to go down well for you at all. This dude has the reach to be able to punch you from one county away, you know? Like, let's just be honest here. This dude's arms are probably the length of a fence post. He's got a 2x4 to reach out and hit you with and you got to get in close it's just not gonna end well for you on top of it you had been talking all the trash about how you were gonna own him so obviously if he has the chance to block you he's 100% gonna take it and everyone's watching this go down and you have to keep in mind that Ben has only known his teammates for maybe a week at that point on top of it he had been bossing them around saying that they suck like just overall had already been a giant nuisance talking trash and so when Ben yells out oh guys come back me up come back me up nobody goes in to back him up because they're not gonna help some random dude basically in a fight that he started himself but that doesn't stop Ben from continuing to yell out that they should come back him up and he needs backup one of his teammates yells back though and is like look you're on your own 
I'm not backing you up. And he yelled back about how they were bad teammates for not helping them. But I don't really know what Ben expected them to do, bro. Go on, like, basically a self-game-end mission to fight a giant because you were talking trash and then shoved him and said you wanted to fight him. Not even like this giant dude went out of his way to fight with you. He just blocked the shot. He didn't shove you and say, now fight me, tiny man. Like, that just was not what happened. And I don't think your teammates that have known you for a week just owe it to you to fight some random dude that's gonna beat all of you up. But now, Ben is pissed off, but also afraid of the giant, so he's running away from this dude. And I mean literally sprinting around the gym, and the giant's just following him. And the giant guy is just laughing at Ben, who's running around yelling, being like, help me, help me, you should fight him for me. You guys are being bad teammates. We have a bond as teammates that you have to back me up in any situation. And everybody's watching this, and they're like, all right, if that's the case, then I guess I'm all right with being a bad teammate to you, bro, because I'm not getting involved. And so Ben realizes that no one's going to back him up. He's going to either have to fight the giant or leave, so he picks option B and starts running towards the door. And at this point, the giant is still behind him, running after him, laughing, because it's just so embarrassing. And the giant's not really trying to catch up. Like, it's obvious he could have. He was a lot faster than Ben, so he's just kind of keeping his distance enough to freak him out, but that's about it. And he starts to flee the gym, like on his way out of the gym like a wild Pokemon. But before he leaves the gym, he yells back that, you know, he hates them and he's quitting the team because they're not committed enough and apparently don't have their teammates back, so he has no obligation to be on a team with people that aren't gonna have his back. And he leaves, and they're like, alright, well I guess he's off our team, but oh well. No one's really that upset about it you know, the, it will go on. If anything, they were a little bit excited. They're like, at least it'll stop being so dramatic and we can just have fun. At that point, though, the other team is like, do you guys really know that dude? Like, are you friends with him? And they're like, no, it's randomly assigned. We don't really know him. He's been a big pain in practices. We're sorry about that. We didn't know he was going to try to, like, fight you. And that's why we didn't back him up. We don't really know the guy. And the other team was just as confused as they were because you just never expect someone to start throwing hands over getting blocked in a basketball game, especially, like, the way it all went down. So they ended up finishing the game. They did lose. The guy who's 6'11", believe it or not, was pretty good at basketball. Who could have seen that coming? But either way, after that, the season was a lot more enjoyable because Ben never had the nerve to show his face at practice or the games again, probably for the better. The day I've got a story time for y'all I know you're going to love. Uh, basically, it comes from a time when I was younger and I had to hang out with my mom's friend's kid and he was just this douchey rich kid trying to boss me around a man that I do stuff for him and when I decided to say no, he didn't like that and tried to fight me instead. Perfectly logical reasoning. You don't want to do the ridiculous task I asked you to do? Well, then Mortal Kombat is the only way. Either way, I figured it would be something you guys would enjoy, so uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. So this story takes place when I was 8 or 9 years old, and my mom decided to tell me that she had a party at her friend's house. And she decided to tell me this because the person whose house she was going to had a kid my age, and she asked if I wanted to come and just like hang out. Apparently me and him had similar interests, and his mom thought we would get along. And from the sound of it, it sounded pretty cool. Apparently he had a pool, apparently it was gonna be a big party. Party, so I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll go. And uh, on the way there, I'm kind of like, all right, mom, so what is this dude like? I don't even know his name. And she tells me that his name is actually Sean. He was like four months older than me, but we had all the same interests and it would be sick. And I get there and Sean walks up to me and he says, hey, are you Ryan? And I'm like, hey, are you Sean? And he says, yes. 
And I'm like, alright, it seems pretty okay so far. And that's when it starts sucking, right off the bat. He doesn't wait too long, he's relatively cool for like the first minute. And as we're talking, he asked me if I wanted a soda. And I was like, yeah, of course I'll take a soda. Because when you're at a party and someone offers you a soda and you're a little kid, what are you gonna do? No, no, I don't like sugar, I'm sorry. Of course I wanted a soda. So he takes me to the garage where they have the second fridge that's full of their drinks. And he's like, alright, well, I want a Dr. Pepper. So he reaches in and grabs it, and I just say, oh, I I want one too, so I start to reach for a Dr. Pepper. And as I'm reaching for the Dr. Pepper, he takes his hand and smacks my hand. Like, don't touch that. And I go, what are you doing? I want a Dr. Pepper. And he tells me that I don't get a Dr. Pepper because Dr. Pepper was for his friends and people that he liked and he didn't know me, so I had to have a Dr. Thunder instead. Which is just a knockoff Dr. Pepper. And listen, 99% of the time, I don't care. Whatever, a Dr. Pepper and a Dr. Thunder, close enough, I don't mind. But there was something about the fact that he was drinking a Dr. Pepper and told me I couldn't have one because they were only for his friends, and then making me go get a war. Dr. Thunder out of a box on the ground that really rubbed me the wrong way. Like, come on, just let me grab a Dr. Pepper. Or even then, at least have Dr. Thunder in the fridge. Like, he's really making me drink a warm soda, so off rip, I don't really like the guy. But whatever, I'm stuck here now. My mom is hanging out with the mom, so I'm kinda just stuck. So we go upstairs and we start hanging out, and when I walk into his room, I'm a little bit impressed because the dude has every Nerf gun ever invented. Like, okay, maybe not everyone ever invented, but this guy basically had an arsenal. If for whatever reason zombies appear that are allergic to foam, this guy would have been the number one resource for the US military. He's got nerf guns everywhere, I like nerf guns, so I'm like, oh, this is really cool, so I walk over and I pick one up. And similar to the Dr. Thunder thing, he like runs over to me, grabs it out of my hand, and is like, don't touch my nerf guns! And fair enough, I guess I didn't ask, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that they were like some holy item. I didn't know that nerf guns were off limits, but he starts being like, you need to wash your hands before you play with my nerf guns. Okay, bro, fine, I go and wash my hands, I come back, and he says, alright, we're gonna have a nerf war. And I'm alright with that, at the time, I really like nerf guns, I was fine to have a nerf war. And he says, okay, I'm gonna pick out my weapon first. And obviously, it's his house, those are fair rules to me, I'm not one to shake things up. And he goes and he picks out this thing called the Vulcan. And for those of you that don't know what a Vulcan nerf gun is, it's effectively a chain gun. It literally is a chain gun nerf gun with like a hundred bullets. And, uh, they don't work right all the time, but if they do work, then obviously they shoot a lot of nerf bullets. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna use this, and I'm gonna pick out what you get to use. And I immediately don't like the sound of this, because I've got a pretty good feeling he's about to just give me some little wimpy gun. And sure enough, he walks past this collection of all these cool nerf guns he has over to this, like, toy box thing, and he opens it up, and there's this little tiny nerf gun. It's tiny, and I'm like eight years old, that only holds one bullet in it. And he pulls it over to me, and he says, okay, I think you can use this one. And listen, I'm not an expert at combat, okay? I don't think I'm some Navy SEAL, but what I can tell you is if you have a little tiny gun that only shoots one bullet, and the person you're fighting against has a chain gun with belt-fed ammunition, you probably don't stand a very good chance. And so I kind of like ask him, dude, come on, can I have anything else? Like, you have a chain gun. 
can I please get something else for this nerf war? And he starts to lecture me about how he doesn't trust me and I'll probably break anything that he has because he just doesn't think I'm smart enough to know how to use nerf guns. I get not knowing me, but come on, man. I'm not stupid. What am I going to do? Manage to take your nerf gun and break it over my knee? I don't have the strength for that. But whatever. I'm starting to get increasingly annoyed of hanging out with this kid because it's just not fun. But he demands that we have the nerf war and at this point I'm like, I guess it would be more entertaining than standing here talking to you. So we go ahead and we have the nerf war and obviously I lose. And after like one round, I tell him I'm done. I don't really want to play anymore because it just wasn't fun. The entire nerf war, it was basically just me hiding behind cover as he just proceeded to shoot endless rounds of nerf bullets at me. The way that the Vulcan work, it had this like box that held the, the belt with the ammo in it. This kid, his parents would buy him every nerf gun that he wanted. So he had multiple boxes. So he would run out, slap another box on and just keep shooting at me. It was awful. Not very fun. So I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. And he looks at me and he goes, no, you have to play. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to play. So I'm not going to play. Uh, I don't have to do anything. And then he's like, well, no, you have to do what I say. You're at my house. So my... My rules are the way that it's going to work, so you have to do what I say, and I say that we're going to keep playing. And listen, I might have been young, but even when I was young, I knew that that's not the way it's supposed to work. Whenever someone came over to my house, my mom would always be like, remember, they're the guests, so you got to do what they want. I guess this guy had the flipped rule script. Maybe I'm weird for that. Let me know in the comment section. Am I wrong? I feel like if you're at someone's house, usually they're supposed to be nicer to the guests than like forcing the guests to do whatever they want to do. But anyways, he's trying to pressure me that I have to play. And I just keep being like, no, I don't want to play. So I'm not going to play. And he's getting angrier and angrier going off about how it's his house and I have to do it. And finally, I look at him and I'm like, I don't want to play. So I'm not going to play. And instead of accepting it, he starts stomping his foot on the ground and like doing the cry talking thing. Oh, you need to play. And now I'm just even more confident that I don't want to play. So I'm like, dude, I don't want to play. And if you keep acting weird, I'm just going to go tell my mom. And at that point, I guess all bets were off, which to be fair, I probably shouldn't have said I was going to go tell. It's not like I was actually going to snitch. I just thought maybe if I told him I was going to go snitch that he would be a little more normal and be like, fine, I guess we don't have to play. Anyways, he decides to be like, there's nothing you could tell on me for. My mom says I'm in charge because it's my house. So go ahead and tell. They wouldn't care anyways, you tattletale. And I'm like, all right, dude, I won't tell on you. But you do realize you're kind of being annoying. Like you're trying to force me to play this game that I don't want to play. And I don't like that. And he's like, I'm not trying to force you to do anything. You just need to play, which uh, I don't know if he realized is the exact same thing. I'm not trying to force you to do anything. If you don't, I'll just break your legs. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've really got a choice in this matter. But whatever, when he says you need to play, he also shoves me. And listen, up to this point, I was fine with just playing Nerf guns or like finding a way to solve this peacefully. But once he shoved me, I was like, okay, I guess we're going to fight. So I shove him back. And the second that I shove him back, I shoved him a little bit harder than he shoved me because that's how the two first pushes work. And all of a sudden, he starts crying and starts being like, you hit me, you hit me. And I'm standing there confused because I didn't hit him, I just pushed him. Trust me, if I knew that either way, you were going to start crying and saying that I hit you, I would have just punched you in the face. Like, at that point, why not? Let's be honest. If you're going to freak out if I push you, I might as well hit you. That's a joke, YouTube, by the way. Either way, I said that, like, I didn't hit him, I didn't hit him, and he goes, well, I'm going to tell on you. And now the shoe's on the other foot, and I start being like, oh, you're gonna tell on me? That sucks. You're a wimp. You have nothing to tell on me for. 
And he realizes that I'm just saying what he said to me back to him. And he's like, that's not funny. I'm telling, you know, I don't know why my mom said we would like to hang out. And I'm like, I don't know why my mom said that we would like to hang out either. Cause you suck, dude. I'm not trying to hang out with you. And he's like, what did you just say about me? And I said, you suck. I don't want to hang out with you. And I guess in his house, he had one of those moms where like suck was a swear word. My mom didn't really care. Uh, but I guess in his house, suck was basically the equivalent of saying that somebody's mother was to see you next Tuesday because he's like you take that back right now or I'm gonna fight you and just because this kid had cried when I shoved him I wasn't necessarily afraid of fighting him I don't want anyone to think that I think I'm some tough guy rolling around like I can beat up anyone no I I do not think that that all that being said if I shove him and he starts crying and saying that I hit him and then he challenges me to a fight like my odds are solid what is this kid gonna do when I actually hit him if he cried when I pushed him keep in mind he's older than me too so like homie should theoretically just be able to put the beat down on me but I'm saying like I'm not gonna take it back if that's how it's got to be then I guess it's that's how it's got to be and he shoves me again which I don't know if that's just the only like combat move he knew so I push him back this time even harder than I did the first time and he kind of stumbled back a bit and he's like that's it I'm gonna fight you which I guess yay that's it he's gotta fight me I pushed him I don't know and he's maybe three feet away and he decides that the best way to punch me in this situation would be to sprint at me from three feet away which is just not enough time to really get speed and try to do like a jousting with his fist move i don't even know how to describe it other than he was kind of sprinting at me with his fist out just hoping that I didn't move. And even though he was only three feet away, he wasn't the fastest. So I just kind of like moved out of the way of his arm that was very obviously stretched out. No karate skills needed, all right? I'm not trying to say that I magically dodged a punch. I just stepped to the left. But as he runs past me, I'm like, oh, he's gonna keep running. So I just decide to trip him, which I know is not like the nicest move in the world. And like, oh, that's not cool. Who cares? He tried to punch me in the face. I tripped him. It's all good. He cried last time I, I shoved him. All right, I didn't want to hit him. So I just stick my foot out and trip him with it. And he goes like swan dive mode. The original Black Ops, remember if you were sprinting and you went prone, your guy would just kind of go flying in the general direction of where you were aiming. That's kind of what he looks like. Like I stick my foot out and trip him. And just because of how he's running or whatever, he immediately just goes full dolphin dive and he smacks onto the ground and he slides a bit. And as he's sliding, I guess he hit his head on this like rescue heroes aircraft carrier toy thing that he had. It was like for action figures and it was plastic so I'm sure it didn't feel good but he grabs his head and he's like you cracked my head open and listen there was literally no way on planet earth that him falling and sliding cracked his head open on this little thing like okay did falling hurt probably but it wasn't like he fell very hard it was just the forward momentum that kind of propelled him I'm sure it wasn't pleasant but now he's screaming that I cracked his head open as if I took a baseball bat there or something and now the parents are coming upstairs I hear them coming upstairs and I'm like well great this is gonna be awkward and sure enough the door opens and it's his mom my mom's not with her and she starts yelling what happened what happened and he yells that I tripped him 
and she turns around to me. And listen, I thought this kid was a little bit of an angry person who was bossy. His mom starts laying into me. Who do you think you are when you're at my house to trip my son? I can't believe that I let you come over. You have no right to act this way in my house. She doesn't even know what happened yet. She's just kind of hoping her son is telling the truth. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, he was kind of hitting me. He tried to hit me. That's why I tripped him. And his mom is one of those moms where her baby can do nothing wrong. She's already yelling at me. She already thinks I shouldn't be at her house. But now I've tried to say that it's her son's fault for trying to hit me. Which, listen, in the scale of fighting, if someone tries to hit you and you trip them, I feel like that's de-escalating the situation. Punching someone in the face is always worse than tripping them, in my mind, unless it's like by a cliff. But whatever, she starts going off how there's no reason to ever trip her son in her house, and it doesn't matter if he tried to hit me. He was probably just playing a game, and I shouldn't have tripped him. Which, I mean, even if he was playing a game, I just don't want to play. Alright, let's play a game where you stay still and I run at you and punch you in the face. That's a really fun game. Like, no thank you, I don't want to play. So I just tell his mom, like, I don't really care, but I don't want to play with him anymore. And she's like, fine, then you won't play with him anymore, but you never lay a hand on my son again. And this, what I said back, is pretty smart alecky of me. I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of being a smart aleck. But I didn't think I was being a smart aleck. She just said, never lay a hand on my son again. So I looked at her and said, I didn't hit him, I tripped him. And she, of course, is like, what did you say? And I'm like, what? You said, don't lay a hand on your son. I didn't lay a hand on him, I tripped him. And she's like, you, I'm gonna go find your mom. You need to get out of my house. I can't believe this disrespect. And as I've said before on stories on this channel, I don't know what it is. Whenever, like, there's a serious situation, someone's yelling at me, I get bad news, like, situations like that. I don't know why this happens, but I just start laughing. And that starts happening here, too. She's screaming at me, but, like, I'm laughing. Because, A, it finally registers in my brain why it was funny that I said I tripped him. Like, it's like, oh, she said don't put my hands on him, and I said I'll just kick him next time. I get why she's mad. So I'm laughing at that. I'm laughing at her being mad. I'm laughing at this spoiled kid who's like freaking out standing behind his mom egging her on like yeah mom you yell at him It's just hilarious and she's like oh you think this is funny and I'm not trying to tell her that I think it's funny But I also don't want to lie and say I don't think it's funny So I'm just kind of like no no I don't want anyone to be hurt It's not funny the situation is just funny and she's like well what's funny about this situation and I'm a little kid I can't really explain it all I know is it's making me laugh and so I just go, can you just go find my mom so I can go home? And she's like, fine, but you're going to explain to her what you think is so funny. And I hear her stomp out. I hear people coming back up the stairs a little bit later and my mom's with her now. And my mom's like, what happened? And I'm like, all right, we were playing a game. Da -da 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 -da. I give her the whole breakdown. And then I get to the part where I say, he shoved me and tried to hit me. So I tripped him. And his mom, who keep in mind, was not in the room for any of this. She didn't witness this. She didn't see anything is like, that's not what happened. I don't know how she knew. Maybe she had security cameras, a third eye or something. She used her telekinetic powers, but whatever the power she was referring to, she clearly was not very good at it because that was what happened. But she starts going off about how her son would never hit anyone and that's not true. And listen, lady, it's not my fault you don't know what your son is capable of because he definitely did try to hit me in the face. And at that point, my mom's looking at me and I think she could just tell that like I wasn't making this up. I don't know if it was a look in my face or just like a 
look of what is going on, but I wouldn't make up him hitting me. There was no reason for me to do that. But my mom decides at this point the best course of action is to just leave. So she says something to his mom about how, like, look, we're just gonna go. Clearly this has gotten out of control. I don't know what's going on, but it's not that big of a deal, so we'll just leave. And my mom, like, grabs my hand and starts walking me out of the room down the stairs. And we're about halfway down the stairs when I hear my mom's name getting yelled. And I look back up, and it's the spoiled douchey kid's mom. And he's next to her, and they're both looking at us. And his mom starts yelling at my mom about how I'm the worst behaved child she's ever met. I am basically the embodiment of Satan. She should make sure that I get an exorcism because I'm just so insane. Keep in mind, her son had tried to punch me in the face, which, if I am so insane that I need an exorcism, would mean that your son is literally Satan. Like, if we're gonna roll with your logic here, okay? I tripped him, he tried to hit me. If tripping makes me evil, then trying to punch someone in the face would basically be the equivalent of, like, I don't know, stomping on Bambi's mom's body. But at that comment, my mom starts going off. And listen, I'm not saying my mom didn't have my back. She just usually was the type of parent that was, like, more chill, I guess. Don't get it wrong. My mom would go crazy sometimes. I think every mom does that. But, like, I, I don't know. She wouldn't really go off on other people if they bugged her. She would just wait till we got in the car and be like, wow, that person was annoying. But with this lady yelling at me and her about me, she starts going off being like, your kid is the one that clearly tried to start a fight with my son. And you're lucky that my kid only tripped him because your kid's a little baby who was crying that he hit his head on some plastic, all right? So don't come at me and start telling me that my kid sucks when your kid is clearly the problem and your house is tacky. And at that note, we left, which, hey man, what a mic drop. She said, your kid sucks and your house is tacky. Goodness, I think that was the more hurtful insult. She's like, yeah, okay, I knew my kid was garbage, but my house is tacky? That's too far. Either way, we leave, we get in the car, and I start explaining to my mom, I'm like, look, I didn't do anything. I didn't start the fight. Like, I really wasn't trying to start any issues. He just tried to hit me, so I tripped him, and he was shoving me. And my mom's like, look, normally in these circumstances, I believe that you run your mouth or something, but I saw the look on your face when that lady was yelling at you, and I knew you did not start this fight you were not trying to have an issue like this was not on you thankfully my mom believed me because like i was telling the truth you know i i wasn't capping i did not try to start the fight but obviously i'm going to defend myself if someone's trying to punch me in the face there's no school rules here bucko not both of us are getting suspended if it's a private event i mean we did end up having to leave but still overall i would give the douchey rich kid about negative 87 out of 10 not very fun to hang out with will force you to use bad nerf guns in a nerf fight give you knockoff warm soda and then fight you when you don't want to play anymore what type of logic is that man and it's about this insane woman that lived in their neighborhood and would like frequently walk by the bus stop when everyone was waiting for the bus and every time she would do that there was some crazy situation seriously like a literal metric crap ton of stories about this lady so i figured i would put them together turn them into a little bit of a saga video so that's what we've got coming today be sure to press the like button if you're excited and comment if you have ever eaten nachos before okay we're going generic we're trying to get the comments up baby if you've had nachos you're now legally obligated to comment or judge judy will have you arrested let's go all right so this all started when uh one day they were standing at the bus and this lady who everyone in the neighborhood knew as deborah walked by and as she was approaching it looked like she had something on a leash and uh deborah was kind of known in the neighborhood as 
someone that everyone just needed to be aware of because she could be a little bit out there. And one thing everybody knew for sure is that she didn't have any pets. So they were really confused on who she had on the leash or what she had on the leash. Mainly because with Deborah, you just never knew what to expect, right? Like, theoretically, there could have just been a big rat on the end of it. And she starts getting closer, and she would walk by the bus stop when she was on her morning walk, and usually just walk by, maybe say hello or something, but it was pretty uneventful. But as she approaches, the thing on the leash comes into view, and they realize that there is a fully grown woman walking towards them with a possum on a leash, walking it like a dog. And the possum does not look thrilled to be on the leash, probably because possums are not used to that. But what's even more confusing is Deborah's just like talking to it as she's walking it. Come on, Mr. Cuddles, let's go. So Mr. Cuddles, the possum, which Deborah definitely had not had before, is walking towards these kids. And obviously, a few of the kids start laughing, because that's just what you would do if you saw a crazy lady walking towards you with a possum. And uh, one of the parents at the bus stop decides to ask Deborah when she gets closer where the possum came from. And Deborah looks at them and goes, Oh, last night I heard it rummaging around my trash can and I went out there, and I figured if the guy was going to try to steal my table scraps... His punishment and his jail sentence is going to be being my pet. So I've got him on the leash now. We're walking. And the mom is kind of like, oh, okay, that seems normal. And this is how you know Deborah's a little bit out there. She hears a possum in the trash, and instead of just going out there scaring it away, she, like, wrestles it out of the trash can and decides to put a leash on it. I don't really know why you would want a possum as a pet. I don't think we have possums in Las Vegas. I've literally never seen one. But that being said, I just feel like there are certain things I would uh, not expect to see as a pet, and that's one of them. Don't they, like, play dead? Aren't they known for being gross? I, I don't know that for sure. I just feel like anything that would be rummaging around your garbage probably has a disease of some sort on it. Anyways, she just kind of says that and keeps walking like it's a perfectly normal sentence, and the mom's not really trying to ask a million follow-ups. I feel like when someone just says that they kidnapped a possum and made it a pet, it's better to ask less questions. Like, certain things, you know, when someone answers, you take that time to realize a follow-up question might not be something you want to hear. But whatever, she just keeps on walking with her possum. As for the possum itself, it did not look too thrilled, like I said. But it was walking along, probably because it had no choice. It's like, listen, I'm either going to uh, go on this walk with Deborah or get dragged behind her, and I'm not trying to be a drag behind anyone. What's wild, though, is after that, no one ever saw the possum again. I don't know if she got to the end of the walk and realized it was going to be a bad pet and decided to let it go. But after that day, no one ever saw her with the possum again. So wherever Mr. Cuddles ended up, uh, let me know if anyone knows the location. Comment where you think Mr. Cuddles is at. Is he at a farm upstate? Like, where do you think this dude is just vibing now? Somewhere out there, he's chilling with his possum friends. They're like, what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you, bro? Oh, one time this senile old lady caught me in her trap ripped me out of the trash, put a leash on me, and walked around with me for a couple hours. That was weird. But from that point on, uh, Deborah, who was already known for being a little bit out there, became one thing that all the kids at the bus stop would look forward to. Because every day there was just something crazy that Deborah would do. Most days weren't uh, rememberably insane. She would just walk by and yell something crazy. She always had her theories about how, you know, clouds were planted by the government because rain is actually bad for the human 
membranes, so you have to be careful that you don't get too much rainwater on you. Just crazy stuff like that, but every now and then she would come up with one of these things that would just be so absurd it would stand out. And one of the times was, uh, you know, she shows up at the bus stop with this clipboard and it's a petition, and she starts saying that she's trying to get a petition signed for the government to ban all beans. Straight up all beans, you know, garbanzo, pinto, doesn't matter, all beans should be banned. And because she was the type of lady who was usually walking by the bus stop screaming conspiracy theories and whatnot, a few of the kids decided to ask like, oh, well why do you want beans banned? thinking they would get a very funny answer as to why she was like, beans need to be outlawed. I feel like that's such a weird food to have beef with, like a bean? What did a bean ever do to you, man? Jack and the Beanstalk, maybe? She's just got that in repeat. I can't even say the word without feeling a little bit silly. I couldn't imagine being mad at it. Like, I feel like in order to be mad at something, you've got to be able to say, oh, I hate that in my head and it not sound stupid. But, like, imagine somebody looking at you serious and being like, oh, I can't stand beans. You're like, what, bro? beans really I don't know man but whatever obviously they asked her curious as to why they should be banned expecting some insane conspiracy theory about how beans are secretly made out of human meat or whatever but she just looks at him and is like well I'm gonna make this change that's why I have the petition but the reason is because I don't like beans yeah that's right all these other conspiracy theories about how rain is bad for humans and the government is planting the clouds and blah 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 those no petition no taking action it is what it is the government's gonna poison you with clouds, you know what I'm saying? But the government has to just drop the ban hammer on anything that she just doesn't like. Not a fan of beans? Whatever. Ban them all. Who cares? Forget it for everybody else, man. I feel like it's uh, a pretty normal thing to not like a food and not want it banned. I don't like Brussels sprouts. It doesn't mean that I want the FBI kicking down the door of everyone making them in their kitchen and being like, You've committed a felony! You're going to jail forever! No, if those weirdos want to like Brussels sprouts, then that's totally their prerogative man it's the beauty of America eat what you wanna eat USA we are freaks either way she tried to get everybody to sign this petition to ban just like all beans and obviously not a lot of people were on board with that and uh, what was really funny is one of the kids at the bus stop was like well which bean do you hate the most and apparently, for whatever reason, I, I don't know what pinto beans did to this woman, but she just starts going on like a two minute long rant about why the pinto bean is the worst of all beans and how pinto beans specifically are what she was targeting with her petition. If she could get all beans banned, that would be great, but if she had to pick one to wipe off the face of the earth, apparently it was the pinto bean. And listen, I feel like I'm not a bean connoisseur. I wouldn't say that I graduated from college with a degree in beanology. That being said, I feel like pinto beans are kind of smacking. Like, if I had to pick a bean that I prefer, it's probably those. Is that what refried beans are made out of? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Whatever bean they got going into that refried bean dip, mmm, yummy, yummy. I want that one allowed. I don't want that one banned. Either way, not a lot of people signed the petition saying that they were too young, and she said just make up a name, which I also don't think is how petitions work even if it did like hypothetically obviously no one's gonna care about this petition it's just gonna get laughed out of the city council meeting but whatever hypothetically she takes the petition some guy is like I too have always hated to eat beans of many varieties for dinner I want them banned he starts looking at the petition and all the names are just clearly made up 
Like, oh, okay, your mom. Your mom signed this? Just your mom, the guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Dover. Ben Dover. Ben Dover signed this. Oh, okay, nice. Anyways, that was a pretty out there situation, but uh, thankfully after her petition failed, she decided to take a little bit of a break from visiting the bus stop. I don't know if somebody told her like, listen, you can't be coming down here trying to get people to sign petitions or whatnot, but she didn't show up for a bit. And right when everybody that would uh, stay at the bus stop thought that things might be going back to normal, that Deborah was going to leave them alone, she popped back up with another conspiracy. This time, no petition. She wasn't trying to get signatures. But apparently her hatred towards all beans had shifted to another type of food this time She was convinced that vegetables were a conspiracy to slowly poison the population and listen I've always seen the memes of like oh kids will do anything to avoid their vegetables I've never gotten that personally like I, vegetables aren't my favorite food But there's just not many things that I'm like really that hateful against I know there's the meme Oh, don't eat your greens. Oh, don't eat don't if you don't eat your greens, you'll die. I don't know what the saying is. There's a reason I was stuttering there. I had to come up with something, and apparently the punishment for not eating vegetables is death. But this lady starts going off about how, like, vegetables are actually not something we're supposed to eat. They're low-key poisonous. But the government brainwashes you from a young age that they're really good for you, so that way you keep eating them. And if we all just never ate vegetables, apparently it would somehow open your higher consciousness and you would be able to like see different dimensions and stuff and listen you're more than welcome to not like vegetables but the second you start trying to convince me that if I could just go back in time and never try a vegetable in my life I'd be able to see other dimensions you start to lose me because this is America somewhere out there is some American who's never eaten a vegetable and I'm telling you right now they're probably not seeing other dimensions they might be hallucinating thinking that they're seeing other dimensions but they're not actually could you imagine that someone walks up to you they're like I can tell the future things are going to happen. Oh, how'd you get the power to be able to see the future? Well, when my mother tried to feed me broccoli when I was a lad, I bit her finger off like a shark on Shark Week, and now she can't feed me vegetables anymore. Get styled on. LMAO. Style, style, style. Like, dude, I would just be a little bit more concerned, to be honest. And, uh, either way, obviously, no one's really buying this because it's absolutely insane, but she starts bringing out this evidence, and the evidence that she had was, like, this printed page from Google. Uh, and the only issue was, you can find anything on Google, but in her mind, she was like, it was on page da-da-da of the search results, so obviously it's approved. That's not how Google works, man. This lady probably believes so much insane things. Oh, I can Google it and search results pop up, so it has to be true. Man, you can Google just about anything and something will pop up. I'm sure you could Google like the Queen of England is secretly a dinosaur and someone somewhere will have written a page about it. Doesn't mean you should believe it, but she starts reading off this post of some guy from some forum like 15 years ago talking about how vegetables are secretly poison and the government has been trying to brainwash everyone forever to eat them and blah, 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 blah. And uh, her point as to like why we should believe this dude and it's real isn't that he's some high-ranking scientist or some government official or something no her argument was that she checked the forum and after that post he never posted again so obviously the government had came and kidnapped him 
and taking him to like one of the CIA sites where they waterboard you in order to make sure that like the word didn't get out that vegetables were not very good for you. Which, listen, man, uh, I'm not saying the CIA has never disappeared someone. I'm sure the FBI, CIA make people disappear on a daily basis. They're the hide and seek professionals, except they're not seeking. Uh, that being said, I don't think that they like saw this random forum post of some guy just ranting about how the government invented vegetables to poison people and were like, oh, this guy's a danger. If anything, they would be like, oh yeah, just let him keep yelling because he makes so little sense that if people start believing that, they'll stop paying attention to the other stuff. I could get behind a theory like that, like they're spreading stupid conspiracy theories on purpose just to make the real ones look even dumber, but I don't necessarily think that they were disappearing dudes on the forums for exposing the dark side of the very illustrious vegetable trade. Is big business really cashing in on vegetables these days? Also, I feel like history just shows that this isn't true. Wasn't there that Irish famine that they solved with potatoes? Isn't potato literally the only food you can eat by itself and survive on? Like, I'm not even trying to be a team vegetable here, all right? Like, I'm not trying to say they're the greatest thing ever invented, but I feel like it's just kind of a known fact that they're not bad for you. I'm sure somewhere some parents have very much exaggerated how good they can be for you, dude. My mom told me that carrots would give me night vision. Apparently that's a bunch of crap. Thanks, mom. You know how many carrots I ate? You know how much I can see in the dark? None, all right? You know how many carrots I ate? Too many. I'm just saying, I don't really think that vegetables do uh, give you superpowers, but I don't think they're bad for you either. And if you have a choice, like if there's uh, three pounds of french fries, technically a potato, but not the way we're talking about it, or like a carrot, the healthier snack is probably the carrot nine times out of ten. I don't know what type of newfangled fries they got going on, though. Maybe Elon's gonna work on that next. He's designed an electric car. He's gonna, like, do vitamin-infused french fries. Please, Elon, let the masses eat what they want, yet feel healthy. Goodness gracious. But whatever, apparently vegetables are horrible. She uh, yells about that for a bit, ends up leaving. Everybody finds it hysterical. And the next time they see Deborah is something that no one had ever expected. So like I said, Deborah was kind of known to be a little bit crazy. She would take possums as pets, that type of thing. And one thing Deborah could not do was drive a car. She used to, she had in the past, but uh, it had gotten to the point where apparently she had had her driver license suspended a lot. She was constantly just like getting into accidents and whatnot, so she chose not to drive anymore. And uh, they weren't around for that, but the people who had lived in the neighborhood even longer, older kids, like older people in the neighborhood, would talk about the times when Deborah was driving. The same way that like we'll probably explain the last three years to our kids one day. Like it was some dark times, man. Things were weird. I don't even know how to explain it. Everything sucked. Like you know how uh, the, the last few years have been a little bit Rocky. That's what I think like it was like when Deborah could drive. The entire neighborhood was just terrified. So obviously when one day standing by the bus stop a motorcycle starts coming down the road, nobody would think it was Deborah because Deborah couldn't drive. But as it gets closer, they're all really confused because it's an insanely nice motorcycle, like a brand new like Harley Davidson looking thing. And she is just cruising on it, smiling from ear to ear, dude. And everybody at the bus stop is staring and one kid yells out, Deborah got a motorcycle. And everyone's like, oh. And she drives by, slows down the bus stop, looks at all the kids, throws up the like rock on sign and then just down the road. 
And obviously all the parents that were standing there that remembered when Deborah drove before were like, oh no, this is not going to be a good thing. She was bad enough in a car, a motorcycle's going to be even worse. But uh, everybody was kind of getting excited for the escapades of Deborah on this motorcycle. Like, oh, she got a motorcycle. She's going to be zipping and zooming all over the place. This is going to be entertaining. The kids at the bus stop were excited to see how this would turn out because it's like this just adds to the craziness. Which is why it was even more confusing when after that day, Deborah just went back to walking just totally like nothing had ever happened as if she had never been on a motorcycle driving past the bus stop and literally everyone was confused even the adults at one point one of the kids parents like walked up to everyone at the bus stop and was like does she still have her motorcycle and they were like no we saw it one day and ever since we just haven't seen it again and so a week goes by of her walking and screaming crazy stuff. Another week goes by, still no motorcycle. No one knows whose this is. Maybe she had just gone to the dealership, taken it for a test drive without permission or something. Who knows, it's Deborah. But everybody is like, where's this motorcycle? And so the subscriber who sent this to me decides to ask Deborah, where is your motorcycle? And he doesn't know if she's gonna answer. Sometimes when you asked her questions, she would answer. Sometimes she would just go into some rant about how vegetables are poisonous, like, you know, the vibe probably not you probably don't know the vibe now that I said that out loud hopefully you don't everyone's like oh yeah I, I love when my neighbor starts telling me not to eat vegetables she's secretly an agent for the heart disease foundation she wants your health going down either way he asks her like where did your motorcycle go because he's just a little bit curious and she looks at him like he has literally grown another head ladies and gentlemen just looks at him like that was the dumbest thing she's ever heard as if somebody just said how does Australia hang on to the earth when it's upside down just some like next level stupid stuff you can't even believe and she says what motorcycle which is some next level gaslighting being attempted out here everybody saw her go by on the motorcycle everyone a bunch of people witnessed it this guy's like where'd your motorcycle go and she's just gonna commit to pretending it never existed I don't know if that's the most well thought out strategy but it definitely is a funny one like imagine uh, you just go up to your friends wearing a shirt that says like I eat poop right I don't know why I picked that phrase. Just roll with it. And then, like, they take a bunch of pictures with you, and then you never wear it again. And when everyone's like, you have a shirt that says, I eat poop, you just deny it. When they show you a picture, no, that's Photoshop. Like, that's basically the level of trying to get away with something she is right now. But the kid who asked her, the subscriber, is, like, not falling for it. And he's like, no, you drove a motorcycle one day. Like, I'm telling you, you went by, you did the rock on sign. Like, don't you remember that? And she goes, nope, that was not me. I didn't do it. That never happened. And the kid's confused, and he's like, Deborah, yes, you did. You definitely had a motorcycle. And she goes, oh, it was probably my evil twin. Because, of course, Deborah has an evil twin. She starts saying that back in the 60s, she was a part of a government program where they were cloning people, and then they were trying to brainwash the clones to be evil. But hers had escaped, and no one had seen it before. But apparently, it had come by and just driven by on a motorcycle one time and then never come back. Which, if you have an evil twin, and that's the most evil thing they've ever Ever done you made it out pretty okay like I've seen enough sci-fi movies to know usually evil twins are very evil if yours is just driving motorcycles around and waving at people that's not that bad but was it was even funnier is the kid he hears this he goes to his mom and he asks if Deborah has a twin sister obviously not a clone but he's like where did she even get this idea from 
And uh, his mom's like, no, she's never mentioned a twin sister ever. And she never did again. So I don't know why she was so adamant that she was not driving the motorcycle. It was 100% her. And on top of it, I don't know why she went with evil twin. Like she literally could have said anything. No, it was just somebody that looked like me would have been a viable excuse. Just going straight to like, ah, you know how it is. Your evil twin escapes from government facilities and starts driving around on motorcycles peacefully waving at people. Don't you hate when that happens and everyone looks at you and they're like, well, I've never had that happen, so I'm not really sure. Is that something that you go through on a daily basis? Like, is that actually on the list of problems that you regularly encounter? Deborah's like, yeah, all the time. Hate running into my evil twins. In fact, we were triplets. But anyways, there was like some crazy yelling, but nothing too eventful until the end of the year. But uh, during the summer, this guy would go like walk his dog around the neighborhood. And one day he's walking past Deborah's house and he's like, hey, Deborah, I have a question. And he asks her how she knows about all these conspiracy theories because he was genuinely curious. And she goes, all right, since you've always been cool, I'll tell you, but you can't tell anyone. And he's very excited for this answer, you know, expecting it to be like, I used to work for the government or whatever. But she says, I'm a secret agent for a government agency, which, you know, we've been over it on this channel. Chances are, if you're a secret agent for the government, you don't go around telling people that you're a secret agent for the government. They tend to frown upon that. But obviously, Deborah is just kind of the type of lady that just says a whole lot of stuff. So the subscriber is kind of like, oh, wow, that's that's something. You're a secret agent. I always knew it. That makes so much sense. But like, what agency do you work for? Because I feel like being a secret agent for a federal agency has the potential to be super cool. Like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a CIA agent who specializes in being super sneaky and dope or whatever. Like, that's a cool job. But if you're like, I don't know, I'm a secret agent for like the Environmental Protective Agency. And when there's an oil spill, I get extra Dawn soap to clean it up. I'm not saying it's not useful. I'm very glad that we have an agency to protect the environment. I'm very glad someone is cleaning the ducks after the oil spill. It's just not as exciting top secret information as like a CIA agent or whatever, you know, no disrespect to anyone whose parents work for the EPA. I, I know you guys are a government agency. I'm just saying, I don't know if like a, a CIA agent has the same job details as someone that's like, working for the Department of the Interior, or I, I don't know, like, whatever. We have so many departments. And she says that the department that she works for is the Department of Food Intelligence. You know how she's always obsessed with vegetables and stuff? Like, I guess that would kind of make sense, but I'm pretty sure that one's not a real one. I just made a joke about us having a crap ton of government departments, but the Department of Food Intelligence is not one. We have, like, the department in charge of food safety and whatnot. I think that's the FDA. I don't know that for sure. But I don't feel like food intelligence is something happening. What would that even entail? Is that like spying on food? Do you just have a bunch of secret cameras and like all of the places where they're raising animals to eat later? Ah, yes, we caught them doing secret things in the smart chicken intelligence committee. Like they're just staring at the, all the pigs in the house or like the barn or whatever and they just start plotting against them. I knew the food was intelligent. Like what, what would food intelligence even mean? Plus, on top of that, I don't think they would have secret agents. Like, the Department of Food Intelligence doesn't strike me as the department that's getting all of the secret funding the Pentagon loves. I feel like it would be a pretty lame department as far as they go. What is food intelligence, though? If it's not like the animals, maybe that's why she hates vegetables. Zucchinis are too smart, alright? I've seen them hack into the national lane frame too many times to trust them again. 
But whatever, he's kind of rolling with it. And he's like, well, what does the Department of Food Intelligence does? And she says, secret stuff. Which is, of course, the best possible answer anyone could ever come up with, with what they do. You've already revealed you're a secret agent. You might as well just drop the entire knowledge at that point. But he's like, oh, can you tell me? And she says, no, I can't tell you because it's super secret. And he kind of drops it after that. But he says, thank you for a good year, Deborah." you know? She's like, of course, and I'll keep an eye on your family when you're away at college. So that way there's like no issues you have to worry about. They'll have a secret agent taking care of them. And he doesn't really know what to say to that because Deborah's just not a secret agent. So he says something along the lines of like, oh, well, that's nice. Like just trying to be as nice as humanly possible. What's scarier, someone that is a secret agent or someone that's convinced that they're a secret agent for a government agency that doesn't exist? I feel like that actually might be scarier. The person who actually works for the government has rules to follow and whatnot, you know? The person who's just convinced that they're a secret agent for the Department of Food Intelligence is is a scary thing. Oh yes, I'm spying on everything at the grocery store. Sometimes I go late at night and just watch them stock the shelves. They call me a stalker, whatever that means. Anyways, at that point, he's kind of like, well, thank you. Like, I appreciate it, but uh, I'll see you guys later. Like, I'm not sure how to feel about you having my back. That's still a little bit weird. Uh, Please don't watch me sleep or whatever, but thanks, Deborah. Anyways, at the end of that summer, the person who sent this to me ends up going off to college. And, uh, you know, they're having themselves a good time doing college things. But it gets to that point where it's the holidays and they have to come home. Usually, like, that Thanksgiving, the first time you come home. And he comes home and he had kind of forgotten about Deborah just because college had more important things going on and whatnot but he gets home parks his car starts unpacking it and as he's unpacking his car he just gets this really weird feeling that he's being watched he doesn't know what to put his finger on it but he just starts looking around and he sees at the end of Deborah's driveway Deborah kind of like trying to hide behind her car And I say trying to hide behind her car, because even though she apparently had secret agent training, she was just very obviously at the end of the driveway trying to hide behind the car. And he calls out to her and is like, hi, Deborah," And she's like, oh, it's you, you're back. And he's like, yeah, I'm back for the holidays. And she's like, that's awesome, Admiral. And he's confused because dude's not in the Navy, not an Admiral, doesn't really know where that's coming from. And so he says, what do you mean, Admiral? And she's like, oh, you know what I'm talking about. And he's really confused because he has no clue what she's talking about. It's not every day someone just is like, Admiral, Admiral, sir. And you're like, ah, yes, I know exactly what's happening here. I'm pretty sure if he had become an Admiral somehow, he would have remembered it. Not to mention, I'm pretty sure Admiral's like a a boat thing. I guess technically someone above you could be an Admiral, but like, I'm pretty sure that's a Navy thing. Don't quote me on that though. So he's like, I really don't know what you're talking about. And she says, you know, you're the Admiral of the Department of Food Intelligence. And he's even more confused now because that department definitely doesn't exist. He does not work for the department that doesn't exist. But on top of it, like the Department of Food Intelligence, I'm guessing that's like the CIA, but for things that are eaten. Why would they just call their like guy in charge of it the Admiral? Isn't it the director of the CIA? The director of an agency makes way more sense. But he goes, I don't work for them. And she like winks at him and says, oh yeah, sure you don't. Keep in mind, secret agents. So I guess in her mind, him saying I don't work for them and being confused was just him like sticking to his deep cover story. 
And so he tells her again, like, no, I really don't work for them. And she's like, I know we have to keep our cover secret. And he's really confused because she's just being very insistent that he does indeed work for the Department of Food Intelligence and as apparently the Admiral. I think you would remember that. If you're in charge of, like, some national department with tons of funding, I'm pretty sure you would remember that, but apparently not. And so he's kind of just standing there and he's like, okay? And she's like, what are my orders, Admiral? And he just doesn't know what to say. And so he looks at her and he's like just keep doing what you're doing I guess and she's like very well sir and then walks back into her garage and uh, he finishes unpacking his car and goes inside and is like mom I'm really confused Deborah just saw me and his mom without even looking up goes and said that you're the admiral and he's like yeah how'd you know and she says every time that Deborah sees her or his dad walking to the mailbox she comes up to them and is like how's the admiral and they have no clue what she's talking about and I don't know if in her world with this secret organization of food intelligence she just needed someone in charge of it so she's like oh he He's not at college, he's off running the department or something. But what a weird thing to just get handed by your crazy neighbor. Oh yeah, you know, that that one thing. You're like, what thing? The Department of Food Intelligence you're in charge of? You're like, I don't remember being in charge of a department, but okay. Either way, he ended up going back to college. Apparently, Deborah still asks his parents to this day, like, how's the Admiral? He has no clue why he is the Admiral of this administration. He has no clue what's going on, but apparently that's the case. Either way, Deborah is harmed you know I'm, I'm not saying this to say that she sucks or anything this is not the purpose of this story it's like sometimes you just meet someone that's a character and you got to tell stories about him she's not a bad neighbor she's just a little bit out there and apparently thinks she's in charge of a secret government agency that no one's ever heard of oh she's not in charge sorry her neighbor who's like barely old enough to go to college is in charge of the secret government agency if that's the case then we're screwed all right so uh this first story time is just a crazy neighborhood kid that did something thing that he definitely did not think through but thankfully had parents that were willing to actually punish him I don't know why, but I feel like most story times where a kid does something crazy that gets sent to me, the parents are like, Oh no, my kid's still an angel. Well, uh, ma'am, he just ran over eight people. Well, it was an accident. He thought he was playing Forza. Either way, this guy's neighborhood is, like, pretty well connected. All of the neighbors get along to the point where once a year they have this, like, block party thing where everybody kind of makes a food, has it at the end of their driveway... You just hang out with the neighbors. It's basically like an extra 4th of July with less patriotism. You're not celebrating the birth of a nation. They just wanted to throw a block party. And obviously some of the houses keep like their door unlocked and whatnot. Like if a house has a pool, they might have like hired a lifeguard to sit in the back so people can swim in it. I don't know. I, in my neighborhood, people weren't hiring lifeguards. But hey, if you, if you got that lifestyle, good for you. Congratulations. Regardless, the beginning of the block party was pretty uneventful. Obviously, people were, like, playing music, just talking amongst themselves. But at the end of the street, a few hours into it, there's this huge commotion and people yelling. Yelling at this kid to, like, get out of here and what house he lived at because they were going to go talk to his parents. And he couldn't believe that he had the balls to try to do that during this block party. And so naturally, everybody at the block party starts going that direction to see what's going on, because it was only people that lived in the neighborhood. So whatever was going on involved two people who lived close to each other. 
and uh, that's the worst type of drama to have because there's really no escaping it. Like, if you beef with somebody at work or whatever, it would suck to have to deal with it for eight hours a day, but at least you can just go home. This is the opposite of that. The only escape you get from a fight with your neighbor is going to work. Because other than that, you're just always really, really close to them. Anyways, everyone gets down there, and the scene that's on display for the entire neighborhood to see in the middle of the street is the owner of the house they're out in front of holding onto the shirt of this, like, I don't know, 16, 17-year-old kid who's trying to pull away from him, like the shirt is all stretched out and he's saying that he would never steal again and he's sorry but just stop making a scene, he doesn't want his mom to know. And it becomes very evident that this guy was trying to steal something from this dude's house. And the only issue with begging people not to find out and him not to tell anyone was that he was screaming in the middle of the block party and the entire block party had kind of gathered around to watch this. And of course, a few of the more concerned citizens were like, should we call the cops? And the guy holding his shirt is like, don't call the cops, I just want to talk to his mom. And his mom's in the crowd and she steps forward and she starts yelling at her son before she even knows what's going on, being like, whatever you did, why would you embarrass me like this? If you tried to steal from a neighbor, you're going to be in so much trouble. And so the guy lets go of the shirt and the kid like backs up and runs and hides behind his mom. Which if he's five, six years old would be pretty normal. But if you're like a year away from being an adult and you think hiding behind your mommy is going to stop the wrath of someone you just tried to rob. I got bad news for you, bro. That's not going to work if you try to like rob a liquor store when you turn 19 and the police come to arrest you. You can't hide behind your mom, dude. She's not Master Splinter. She's not a karate expert out here. The guy who he had attempted to rob, though, starts saying that he had, like, had some people in the house from the neighborhood so that way he could show them this, like, theater setup he had installed. And they had come out of the theater, and I guess the kid who had tried to rob him had thought no one was there and that the door had just been left unlocked. Because the theater was in the basement, so this kid had been, like, in the main room, and when they come upstairs from the theater, the kid is just rummaging through this guy's stuff, throwing stuff everywhere. And obviously, when he turns around and sees everyone there, he freaks out and says he's sorry and starts trying to run away, saying, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But the guy grabs his shirt. He doesn't want to, like, attack the kid. He just doesn't want to let him get away because he's putting two and two together that it's someone from the block party. And listen, I feel like it's pretty fair for someone to not want to let you go if they catch you robbing them red-handed. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, dude, sorry doesn't really cut it if I come out of the basement and find you rummaging through my belongings in the living room. I'm definitely hanging onto your shirt till the cops get there. You're lucky this guy was cool enough to just talk to your mom about it, bro. Anyways, he, they had uh, tried to like pull each other, so he kind of gets pulled down into the street from his doorway or whatever. And that's where it had become this huge scene. And the mom just starts losing it on the kid, deservingly so, being like, you're such an embarrassment for trying to rob our neighbors. What's wrong with you? Why would you steal from anyone? But especially, why would you ever try to steal from your neighbor when they're trying to be generous and, like, have a block party with us? Do you understand that this could ruin this event for the entire neighborhood? And the kid's just standing there ashamed, and he should be, bro. Like, you just tried to commit a, a little robbery during a a block party and then tried to escape by just saying sorry oh my bad bro I, I don't really think that cuts it for robbery that might work if you accidentally stepped on his shoe or something I'm so sorry I didn't mean to there's a long process that goes into like walking into someone's house that's not yours and rummaging through belongings that's not an accident 
Anyways, the mom apologizes and takes the kid home and she's yelling at him the entire way about how like she was so embarrassed and she can't believe he would act this way and that's not how she raised him. And everybody thought that that was kind of gonna be it, but instead his mom decided to take it to the next level and made this sign that he had to wear for a day walking around the neighborhood that said, I tried to rob da 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 and I'm very sorry. Which might be a little bit extreme, but at the same time, I guarantee you he'll never try to rob anyone again, at least hopefully. If this experience doesn't scare him into not robbing anyone again, I don't know what possibly could. This is like the worst thing that could happen other than getting arrested and going to jail. Anyways, the neighborhood has definitely become a little bit more aware of like locking their doors and stuff, but it's not like they think that this kid's gonna be a cat burglar or anything like that. And the sign and the embarrassment, he went around and apologized to everyone. Uh, made everyone like very skeptical of him, but they just kind of left it at that. But I just thought the story was nuts. Don't rob your neighbors. Don't rob anyone. All right, so uh, this next one I thought was pretty crazy. Not as crazy as the first one, but involves someone technically stealing, not from their neighbors, just something going on around this neighborhood. So the person who sent this to me lives in like an apartment condo complex type of thing and you just kind of have to interact more with your neighbors in those situations than if you live in a house or something because you literally are sharing walls, you have the same entryways. So whenever someone would move out, move in, it was very apparent to everyone in the neighborhood because like you'd come home to a U-Haul truck blocking your parking spot and then they'd be really loud for the next two weeks while they got used to living there. You know how it could be. So uh, whatever, this person had someone move out of the apartment that they shared a wall with. And when the person moved out, they said that there was like a month left on their lease, so it should stay empty because they like were just moving into their next place and it was just not going to be available for a month. So if they heard any noises or anything, it was probably someone trying to squat in the apartment and they should let management know. And if you don't know what squatting is, like, technically in certain states, if you break into an apartment and stay there long enough, it's a whole process for them to evict you and you get, like, a, a free place to stay for a bit. Granted, it's not gonna have power or water, but if you're getting to the point where you're squatting, it's not like you care anyways. In the first week of this empty month, there was no issue, but then... Late at night, this person would hear something like on the other side of the wall, not enough to know it's somebody there, but it almost sounded like somebody was like trying to set up some wires. He would hear a lot of stuff kind of like going up against the wall, kind of sh sh rubbing up against it. He would hear someone on the other side messing with the plugs a lot. And he would only hear it late at night, and he would never hear anyone on the stairs coming and leaving, he would only hear it at night. And after that, for a few nights, he would just hear this steady mmm noise through the wall. And so he thought maybe it was like a maintenance man putting a deodifier in there, you know those ozone machines that get rid of the smell of smoke? The neighbor had smoked in the apartment, so he just figured it was one of those machines going for a while. But the hum just kept growing louder and louder, and now he was hearing a fan. So one day, it was the weekend, so he was kind of walking around the complex, and he saw the maintenance man, and he decided to ask what it was. And the maintenance man looks at him all confused and is like, what do you mean there's a noise coming from that? I don't have anything in there, so that's weird. And immediately, he's like, ah, crap, someone's squatting in this apartment, and it's been there for a while. So it's going to take forever to get rid of them, so I'm just going to have to be living next to this person who broke into this apartment, hearing whatever they're doing at night, this sucks. 
So the maintenance man grabs the key and he's gonna go look and so he has to walk with the maintenance man back to his apartment because they share a wall. And the maintenance man opens the door and yells like, come out if you're in there, you know, we've already called the police, you can't be here. And they don't hear anything. So the maintenance man goes in and he goes with the maintenance man just to provide backup, I guess. You never know. Someone crazy might be hiding in the closet. Get attacked like uh, someone trying to work at Joe Exotic's Tiger Zoo. Anyways, they go in there and they search the apartment. Not very, very in-depth. They're not incredible apartment searchers or anything. It's not their job. But they're kind of confused because there's no one in there. But what is in there is all these shoe rack looking things that are just filled with graphics cards. And the maintenance man doesn't know what's going on. But the uh, subscriber who sent this to me points out that it looks like it's a cryptocurrency mine. So they start looking around and somehow whoever had broken in here and like set up this crypto mine had gotten the power to turn back on and had been stealing the power under the person who had moved out's account for the last week or two to be mining cryptocurrency. And this all took place a while ago, not like in the last three years, but like six, seven years ago. So uh, if he held on to this cryptocurrency, probably a solid chunk of change just based on how much the value's gone up. But obviously, somehow this guy had gotten into the apartment and set up $20,000-$30,000 worth of graphics cards and mining equipment and had it running. And so the maintenance man calls the police. The police come out and they're all looking at it. And so there's a bunch of cop cars out there. And the police take pictures of everything, start collecting it for evidence. And I'm gonna guess that at some point while the police are there investigating everything, gathering evidence, the guy who was mining the cryptocurrency came by, saw what was going on, and just was like, all right, well, that's lost, and drove away. Because after that, the person who sent this to me stopped hearing noises. It just didn't really happen anymore, so he figures they stopped coming around. Either way, though, I didn't know that people even did that. Like, I knew people would mine cryptocurrency, obviously. I've heard of that. But I didn't realize that people were breaking into apartments to steal power to do it. Now, I don't know if that'd be insanely profitable, but, like, yeah, back in 2015, 2016 you probably got a solid chunk of crypto for doing it but morally pretty messed up don't be breaking into apartments and stealing power and what's craziest about it is eventually the guy who had the lease for the next month came back and started asking the neighbors what had happened because he had gotten like a four thousand dollar power bill because yeah cryptocurrency when it's being mined uses a crap ton of power and he was able to get in contact with the power company and didn't have to pay it but like dude literally steal Stealing thousands of dollars from people in order to run your crypto mine seems pretty messed up. So I don't know what's up with people's neighbors, but the next one that I liked also had to do with stealing. So be on the lookout, you know, packages going missing, Uber Eats, always know that your neighbor could be behind it. Okay, don't actually be that paranoid, that's a joke. But seriously, what's up with all these stories about neighbors taking things? So uh, the person that sent this to me, this all took place a few years ago right in the middle of all the like 2020 craziness and it just so happened that his parents were both essential workers so they were gone a lot and uh, on this particular day before his mom went to work she had told him that he could order uber eats for lunch since she gave him some money to do it and obviously he's pretty hyped because he's like yo i'm gonna go and get me some uh, mcnuggets so he orders his mcnuggets and it says that it'll be there in about 15 minutes so he's sitting waiting and most people at this point probably have like a version of a doorbell with, with a camera on it or like are familiar with the technology if you don't have one. 
So sure enough, when the person gets there to drop off the food, he pulls up the app and is looking at the camera on the doorbell, watches them come up and drop off the food. So far, so good. Watches them leave and get in the car, and he's waiting for them to drive away because he hates that awkward interaction when, like, they're supposed to leave it at the door, but then he opens the door before they're in the car, and then you have to do, like, the, hey, it's just weird, just, just let them leave and then grab the food. And as soon as the car drives away, he sees some movement from, like, across the street, and he's confused because he sees his neighbor coming across the street. So he runs over to his door and starts looking through the peephole, just trying to be like, what is this guy doing? Why is he coming over here? Because there was no reason for him to. And he sees the guy walk over and pick something up on the porch. And at that point, he opens the door and swings it open, and the screen door's still there. And his neighbor has his Uber Eats bag in his hand and has it open and is looking down. And when he realizes that the door's open and someone's staring at him, he looks up and goes, oh, Oh, hey! And the kid immediately is like, what are you doing with my food? Because it's super weird to just go up to someone's door and take anything off the porch and look at it. But it's especially weird to be like stalking your neighbor's Uber Eats driver and then running up and grabbing the bag and inspecting it before they've even had a chance to touch it, or just inspecting it in general. I don't know, I would definitely not feel comfortable with my neighbor just rummaging through my stuff and checking it before I got it. So whatever, the neighbor is obviously stammering because there's no good excuse for that. There's literally nothing you can say to be in the right in this situation. So he decides to roll with one of the dumbest things I've ever heard and says that usually when he orders Uber Eats, they get the order wrong. So he just wanted to check to see if they got his order right. So he was just checking it for him just in case it was wrong. And the kid opens the screen door and snatches the bag out of the guy's hand and goes, thanks, but I can check my order. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, of course. I, I wasn't I wasn't trying to be rude. I, I, I just no excuse once again. And he says, how about you go back to your house? But just never try to check my food again. Like, if you ever see something dropped off on the door, don't come touch it. You really don't need to do that. We can handle it if there's something wrong. And he's like, yeah, I I'm so sorry. I just, uh, I was just trying to be a good neighbor. And listen, man, I don't know if that's very neighborly. I feel like just going to that level of spying on your neighbors is weird. And even if his heart was in the right place, oh, I was just trying to make sure your order was right. How would you know what they ordered? And also, what are you going to do about it? Even if that was what he was doing. Hypothetically, this kid opens the door. He's like, oh, they got your order wrong. What do you want this kid to do? Man, thank you so much. There's no way I would have noticed. Do you think this kid is a moron? I'm pretty sure he would have picked up the bag, gone inside, opened it, and went, oh, there's stuff missing that I didn't get that I paid for. He doesn't need you to do it for him. I feel like people are usually competent enough to remember what they ordered. And if you do forget what you ordered, Uber Eats tells you. So whatever, this guy was obviously trying to steal this kid's McDonald's. But this is even dumber to me because I really started thinking about it. When people order food on Uber Eats, it tells you when it's close. It tells you when it's there. It sends you a picture of it there. And usually people come and get their food pretty quickly. So in what world did he actually expect to be able to run up, take this food and get away without the people inside the house that just ordered the food and know it's there noticing? Did he think that they ordered Uber Eats like three hours before they got home? They just love the idea of some really cold food sitting on their doorstep. If someone's ordering food to the house, they're obviously gonna come get it quickly. So just don't steal from your neighbors, duh. But it especially makes no sense to steal something in this situation because you're batting about 100 
100% chance of getting caught. Oh man, where did my Uber Eats go? They sent me a picture. Dang, I can always check the thing that's always recording on my doorstep. And especially I love when people do stuff like this in front of a ring doorbell. Because it's like, hey man, uh, they just have footage of you doing it now. And sure enough, he went and checked and he had the footage of the guy walking up, picking up the bag and looking into it. Oh man, they got your order right. Oh, McDonald's must really like... His food was pretty good, but from then on, when his parents got back, he even warned them that if they order something to keep an eye out because he thought his uh, neighbor was trying to steal the packages... And they were like, well, that's weird because we've had a bunch of packages going missing. So they kept an even more of an eye out. And I don't think he was dumb enough to try to steal from them again, unfortunately. Like, he was really stupid. But after he realized they were onto him and they had a ring camera, he just stopped taking stuff from them. But other packages from other places kept going missing. So this guy was just the definition of a package bandit. Not very swag, but at least he got caught by this kid while trying to steal some food. All right, before we get into the next story, uh, I haven't done this in a bit, but if you guys are enjoying this so far, I'd really appreciate y'all taking a second to press the like button and commenting. I just want the video to do pretty good, so if you don't mind doing that, would really appreciate it, and let's get back. So this one was sent to me by someone who was born in Canada, but is going to school here in the United States, and he's renting a house a few blocks away from his college with uh, some of his friends, and they live next to this old couple that I'm not sure is too familiar with the fact that Canada and the United States get along pretty well when it comes to politics and stuff. Listen, I know that every country's probably trying to, like, spy on each other. Even if you're the best allies, you, you probably just are always trying to spy on each other and whatnot. But the idea that Canada is just flooding America with secret agents that are here to spy on everything and, and get all this information is ridiculous. One, I think they'd probably be able to just get the information. And two, what would just putting a random spy in some random neighborhood really do for them? Like, it's not like... Like it would give them some crazy information. Either way, the reason I know this is because they became obsessed with the fact that this guy was from Canada. And at first he thought it was just old people being a little quirky, being excited he was from a different place. But then the questions started to shift from like general questions about being Canadian to weirdly trying to entrap him into admitting he was a spy for the Canadian government. They would be like, oh yeah, so I'm sure the Canadian government isn't too happy with what's going on around here. And he would be like, uh, I don't know. I don't really work for the Canadian government or speak for them, but I like it here. And they would go on about how they bet that Canada, because they're so smart, has a bunch of spies here to try to gather information. And he would be like, oh, well, I, I don't know. And they would give him this look of, you can tell me, man, like, I'm cool with it. And of course, he's just not a Canadian spy, so he's not going to tell them that he is one. But it was almost like clockwork. Anytime he would go to get the mail, anytime he would be going to his car, his neighbors would suddenly appear and just start talking to him about Canada and spying and da-da-da-da-da. And finally, one day, he just straight up asked him, like, why do you guys keep doing this? I'm not a spy for the Canadian government. I don't think the Canadian government has any interest in sending spies here. No offense to you guys but this town doesn't have anything crazy important in it. So why would they send spies here and why would they spy on America? He just didn't get it. And of course, these people being the tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists who have convinced themselves that they're living next to a Canadian spy 
reply to that saying that that is exactly what a Canadian spy would say. You see, ladies and gentlemen, everyone knows that a spy would say that being a spy is ridiculous and they're not a spy. So therefore, by denying that he's a spy, he's confirming he is a spy. I'm not really following the logic because they're leaving one very important thing out. Uh, he can only say yes or no. So if he says yes, and that means he's a spy, and also saying no means he's a spy, aren't you just kind of making up a scenario where you're just guaranteeing you live next to a spy even if they are not? So he just says, whatever, if you want to think I'm a spy, that's okay, but you guys gotta stop magically popping up whenever I'm trying to go to my car or go to class. Like, it's getting weird, I'm feeling uncomfortable, and they start saying that because he's a spy, it's not their job to make him feel comfortable. And he's like, I'm not a spy. I'm not a spy for the Canadian government. I think it'd be weird to assume anyone who moved into your neighborhood was a spy. Just off-rip. I just don't really feel like that level of espionage is really needed anymore. You don't need a random dude stationed in a neighborhood. You can just fly over it with a satellite and take a bunch of pictures. You can, like, read everyone's emails. They don't really need to have some dude on the ground. But it's especially absurd to think that they're sending spies from Canada. Back in the Cold War in the 80s, your neighbor's some new East German dude who suddenly has like a satellite radio set up. Yeah, that, that's definitely a little bit more of a red flag raiser. Even then, probably not a spy. But in the year 2022, the odds of just some random Canadian guy working for the Canadian FBI out there spying on everyone, come on. But they start saying that they're not responsible for making him comfortable and they're going to report him for being a spy. And he's like, report me to who? And instead of having an answer, I don't know who you would report someone for being a spy to, probably the CIA or the FBI or a national security agency, like one of those three. Instead of even saying one of those, they just say that they're going to report him to the government that handles spies. Uh, I think the government is the overarching term for all of it together, but yeah, somewhere out there, some specific government that only handles spies. It's not the United States. The United States government doesn't do that, but somewhere out there is some country that the only thing they do is they handle spies, all right? You want to spy? Not unless you get approval from these guys. So he's kind of like, all right, well, if that's what you have to do, if you got to report me to the spy police, if that's going to make you feel better, then I, I guess there's nothing I can do to stop that. But I'm telling you right now, I'm not a spy. And they finish the conversation by reiterating that that's exactly what a spy would say. No spy would admit they're a spy even though that just doesn't make sense because you can only say yes or no. And even if he said maybe, let's be honest, you were going to say he's a spy then too. These people just really wanted to have an interesting life. Like, these are the type of people where nothing interesting has ever happened to them ever. They are the equivalent of an NPC. They're just known for being incredibly boring. And so finally, they finally think something interesting's going on. And instead of just using common sense and being like, ah, Chances are that this is not some insane Canadian spy living next to me. They're just rolling with it. They didn't even have a possibility in their mind he wasn't a spy. Like, once they made it up, it is what it is. And so, uh, I guess they reported him to whatever the International Police of Spying de Bureau government is. Their words, not mine, but I, I guess if he gets kidnapped by some van with a hood over his head, we know why. Maybe he was a Canadian spy. 
Wouldn't that be the ultimate plot twist? Like, he is a spy, and now that they're onto him, he's trying to send this story into me to throw them back off the trail? Well, if he's really a spy, why would he send it into the YouTube guy who makes the videos about stories? It's like, hey, good point, good point, and that's how they get you. Wait, what if Canada's just faking it? They're not our friends. That Canadian guy, how long have you been leaving comments on my videos? Are you just a spy? Are you just trying to spy on me? That's a joke. He's a hero, okay? And this one is not as long as the others, but definitely up there in terms of the cringe. So if you're in a crappy apartment building, it can be really unfortunate because you can hear your neighbors really well. Like uh, my Oma lived in a complex for a bit. And you could basically hear people having conversations in their living room and join in if you wanted to. Like, that's how thin the walls were. And so when you're in a situation like that when it's late at night, you just gotta be really quiet. Because you don't want to be responsible for waking up a building full of people. At least I don't. Maybe some of you guys out there are just psychos. You're like, I love the idea of making everyone miserable. And there was one really spoiled kid who lived with his mom and like basically his mom just got him whatever he wanted and he would play video games really late into the night and it usually wasn't an issue. But at the peak of Fortnite, I guess he was up playing late one night and got second place and the only reason they know what place he got is because the dude literally started screaming. Keep in mind the walls are so thin you can hear conversations. So here this guy is screaming his head off about how he hates this game and he's gonna uninstall it and the entire neighborhood is having to listen into this. And he's going off and then his mom goes into his room and starts yelling at him to get off the game because he's being too loud. And that's the right thing to do, like you do yell at them to get off the game, but when she starts yelling at him to get off the game, then everybody starts hearing them going back and forth because he doesn't want to get off the game and blah 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 and he doesn't care if he woke everyone up. And at that point, one of the people that he's woken up hears that he doesn't care about it, so they start yelling that he better get off the game, otherwise everyone's gonna hate him in this complex, and he doesn't care about his haters. It's one thing if you have haters that hate you for no reason. Like, if you just have people that want you to fail because they just want you to fail, that's, that's annoying, that's weird. But if someone doesn't like you because you're waking them up at 3 a.m. because you can't calm down and have to be screaming at Fortnite, you can't really consider them a hater. I think that's just like a justifiable reason to be angry with you at that point. Oh, I'm ruining your sleep before you have to go work eight hours at a job while I just sit here and mooch off my mom. I don't care. You're just a hater. I, I don't know. Seems reasonable, man. They're not mad at you because you, like, have a computer. They're mad at you for waking them up because you're screaming at it too much. So, finally, I think he realized between everyone else's anger and his mom's anger that he should just go to bed, and that's what he did. But the next day, he doesn't apologize to anyone. He doesn't mention it. Instead, when he sees people, he starts being like, why are you guys so against me being able to have fun and be myself? And they're like, dude, we're all for you being yourself. Go for it. But screaming at 3 a.m. is not being yourself. And if that's being yourself, then you can't live in an apartment. And that's not our fault. But yeah, when you start screaming at 3 a.m. with thin walls, you make it our problem. We can't just ignore it if we want to go to sleep. And he would try to argue a little bit, but basically everyone he tried to argue with just told him the same thing, which was like, sorry, you're upset, but I'm not going to apologize for getting mad at you for waking me up at 3 a.m. because I would do it again if you woke me up. And thankfully, he didn't try it again at 3 a.m. He probably realized from everyone's reaction that <laughs> if he did it again, they were just going to break his computer for him. But I don't know, if you're just in a situation where your apartment walls are that thin, I would just avoid screaming at 3 in the morning, insanely inconsiderate. 
They sent this in to me, said I could tell it on the channel, thought it would be nuts, thought you guys would find it crazy. So uh, without further ado, let's go. Nice racking or ass Brazilian, just turned 21, but my bank's a million, swear. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Scrub here, back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. Here's the comment of the day. Uh, this guy has actually managed to be first on, like, five videos. I don't know how he does it, but I literally recognized his name for the first comment, so thank you. Other than that, today's story time is going to be one that is definitely nuts. I wouldn't go out and say that, like, the situation is funny. But it is entertaining, if that makes sense. It's a lot like a bad couple on 90 Day Fiance, where you're like, oh wow, you are both ruining your lives, but I can't stop looking. This guy's uncle had pretty much always been single, never really had any relationship, and it wasn't because he was like the worst guy ever, it was just never something he had gotten around to. So when he came around saying that he got a girlfriend, everybody was like, Oh, okay, that's different, not what we expected, but good for you as long as you're happy. And for the first little bit, everything seemed fine. They didn't really know his girlfriend, he didn't love bringing her around, but he just kind of acted the same, but with a girlfriend. Then things started to get weird when his uncle started to get very distant from the family. He was always, like, there for every birthday, there for every event, very consistently there for the family. And all of a sudden, he started to get distant. And it wasn't just not coming to events. Sometimes people get busy. He and the person who sent this to me's dad would, like, go to lunch every week, and he just stopped showing up, didn't text him or anything about what was going on, just kind of stopped showing up. Just weird stuff like that. So, whatever. One day, he ends up bumping into his uncle at the store and is talking to him, and his uncle is like, yeah, I wish I could see you guys more, but I'm really busy working all the time to afford all of these fees. And he's confused on what fees he's talking about, because he had never heard them mention them before. Like, these fees were something that was a new stress on his life, and he could tell it's really stressing him out. Just the way he was talking about it, it was like these fees were his arch nemesis. The fees were Perry the Platypus and he was Dr. Doofenshmirtz. So he asked him, like, what fees? Can you explain it? And I guess that this girl he was dating had managed to convince him that there was a weekly girlfriend fee. And this wasn't a situation where, like, you're gonna pay me to be your girlfriend. It was not like that. His uncle didn't think he had a sugar baby situation. No, she had, like, managed to convince him that the bank charged people that were in a relationship a fee, which was kind of like a tax for being in a relationship. Which is dumb, but I don't know, I guess for some people they don't think too much about what people say to them, especially if it's someone that they think they can trust. You've never been in a relationship before, you don't think anyone would take advantage of it, so you're like, eh, whatever, they're probably telling the truth. Either way, he had been having a withdrawal of $500 a week from his bank account in order to cover this girlfriend fee. And it becomes very apparent to the guy that the girlfriend's just pocketing the money when he looks and it's just like a withdrawal of cash from the ATM with his debit card and he said it was an auto withdrawal, which meant she was just taking his debit card and taking it out. 
So, obviously, his uncle's getting scammed, but he has to go about telling him gently. He doesn't want him to freak out and be like, You guys can't be happy for me, just let me have my girlfriend. So he tries to nicely tell his uncle that, like, Hey, I have a girlfriend, and I don't have a $500 a week charge coming out of my bank account. That seems a little bit unusual. I'm not that sure about that. And instead of taking it to heart and maybe even thinking about it, his uncle just goes into denial. One of the stages of grief and is like, what are you talking about? You never want me to be happy. My girlfriend was right when she said that my family doesn't support me. Great, great. So not only is his uncle being distant, but his new girlfriend is charging him $500 a month as a girlfriend tax. Or a week, sorry, not even a month, that he doesn't know about and convincing him that his family's against him when they try to say something about it. So whatever, his uncle's mad at him, so they go their separate ways, because he's like, I'm not trying to argue with you in the middle of the store, I'm not down, that doesn't sound that exciting to me. But that night, he starts getting threatening texts from a number he doesn't know, telling them that, like, they need to butt out of their uh, uncle's relationship, and if they knew what was good for them, they would just let them be and stay out of their way. And it doesn't take some type of super genius detective to figure out who it was, because, I don't know, I don't think his uncle would send him threatening texts, and who else really cared? I don't think anyone else really cares about anyone else's relationship enough to, like, send threatening anonymous texts. It had to have been his uncle's girlfriend. Obviously, his uncle had gone home from their interaction and told her, so he just kind of replies being like, I'm not trying to interrupt your relationship, I just don't feel good letting my uncle get robbed, you know? And she sends another threatening text saying that because of his behavior, his uncle was never gonna talk to them again. And as of right now, the end of this current update, he hasn't talked to him again. His uncle has really gone dark on him, bro. He really said it's not worth it. I'm gonna go get scammed. I gotta pay my taxes. If you guys want me to keep y'all updated on this, I told him to email me with another update. So comment down below if you want me to do a part two of this eventually. I've got some more stories today, but I just thought this was nuts that someone actually convinced a fully grown adult that there's a tax for being in a relationship. This next one is just really embarrassing. So this guy was at a party with his close group of friends, and they were a little bit older. Not like embarrassing older, you know, like like 55 or whatever, but late 20s, early 30s, a little bit too old to be acting the way that this particular dude was acting. Everybody had become a little bit hydrated. If you're not an OG of the channel and don't know what that means, I don't know what to tell you. But because they were all hydrated, they weren't making the best choices. And one of the guys that no one was really super hyped to have in the friend group, but had always been a part of the friend group, so they just kept inviting him, started like acting more and more annoying as he got hydrated. And trying to show off, get people's attention, just, oh, look at me, like, guys, watch this, guys, watch this. He had a crush on one of the girls in the group that didn't like him back, and even though he was 30 years old, was still embarrassing himself, like, it was, uh, two days ago in the cafeteria or whatever. But he's trying ridiculously hard to get everyone to pay attention to him, and no one is working with him, no one's paying attention, no one really cares. So he starts trying even harder, which just gives me secondhand embarrassment. If you're trying to get everyone's attention and they're just not looking at you, it's probably because you're annoying, but whatever. He's literally waving his hands at them like, guys, guys, look over here. Guys, look. 
keep in mind, we're not talking about somebody that's insanely young. We're talking about a 30-year-old man jumping and waving his hands trying to get people's attention. Oh, bro, like, imagine your dad. Guys, look, watch, watch what I'm gonna do, watch. Like, oh my goodness, it just kind of makes you have some secondhand cringe. But no one's paying attention, so he just yells out that he's gonna do something really awesome and everybody should look. And then he goes silent. And it's not him yelling that he's gonna do something awesome that got people to pay attention, but it was the fact that he had gone silent and wasn't trying to get their attention that made them look over. But as soon as they all look over, and he sees that they look over, he goes for it. He just starts running, and he's gaining speed. He's not incredibly quick, but he is running, and everyone's really confused because there's really nothing over there. They were at one of their friend's houses, and the way that their backyard was set up is like half the backyard was this deck slash fire pit thing, and then there was a fence, and then there was a garden. But he's very quickly approaching the fence, and so everyone expects him to slow down and do something. Like, there's no way he's just gonna run into the fence full speed, right? Well, he goes to, like, jump over it. And when he plants his foot to do, like, a hurdle jump, the only issue is his foot goes sliding. So he kind of goes forward, head first, into this fence after running full speed and breaks it. And he goes through the fence... And everybody that was watching this is just silent because they don't understand what happened, why he did that, what was going on. They literally looked over and this guy just started running towards the fence as fast as possible. But they're all very quickly snapped out of it when they hear like, oh, like pain groans, like he's hurt or something. And they run over there and he had gone head first but had put his arms through first if that makes sense, almost like a dolphin dive from Call of Duty. Well, his wrist had taken a brunt of the impact, which did avoid it from hitting his head that hard, but his wrist had taken a bunch of the impact and it had broken. We're talking about bent the way it's not supposed to be bent. We're talking about like you can see bits of bone trying to poke through the skin. Not a very good situation. And everybody is just looking at it pretty grossed out because it's a gross sight. And he says, what happened? What happened? Like, tell me what happened. And so everyone delivers the news that your wrist is broken. Trust us, it's broken. It's bending away. It's not supposed to bend. And he goes to look at it. And they stop him and they're like, you don't want to look at it. And he starts trying to argue with them, saying, well, I know my wrist isn't broken. It's not broken. I know it's not. So they say, trust us, dude, it's broken. And he won't trust them. So reluctantly, they let him look at it. And sure enough, he starts freaking out. He's like, oh, my wrist is broken. My wrist is broken. And the host of the party had already called an ambulance, so it's on the way. But they come back over, and they're kind of asking the guy, like, like what were you trying to do, you know? Like, my fence is destroyed, and I don't even understand what the point was. You just ran full speed. And the guy is like, well, I was going to jump over it, but I didn't really practice it before, so I didn't know it was possible. And listen, if you're so unathletic that jumping over like a two-foot-tall fence is something that you need to practice for, maybe don't put it in your repertoire of things you do to impress people, you know? Like, if you are so unathletic that jumping over a three-foot-tall fence makes you so stressed, you have no clue what to do, why would you try to do it after you had been hydrated to try to impress some people? 
And also, they're all adults. Did you think they would be like, oh, man, whoa, did you see the way he jumped over that three-foot-tall fence? I might as well let him do my taxes. Like, I feel like it doesn't matter. If someone said, Ryan, Ryan, watch, and jumped over a trash can, I would be like, wow, that certainly was cool. You jumped over a trash can. I wouldn't care. It wouldn't make me like them anymore. This guy seems stuck way, way back in the day. Like, not a good back in the day, you know? Way, way back in the day. Anyways, the ambulance comes. He gets taken to the hospital for a broken wrist. He, like, probably could have driven if somebody wanted to drive him, but he wasn't opposed. They had already called the ambulance, and everyone was hydrated so no one could drive. Ambulance comes and gets him. For two days, no one really hears anything. And this friend group was relatively close, so, like, usually they would talk to each other. So the fact that it had been so quiet after that was weird. Then out of nowhere, the guy who broke his wrist texts the group chat saying that, like, he had been thinking about it quite a bit. And after talking to his family, he felt like it was the homeowner's fault. That's right, it's the guy who put the fence in the backyard's fault somehow that he decided to sprint into the fence as fast as he could and dive into it. He said that if the guy would have, like, made a more stable fence, then he wouldn't have been able to get through it so easily and the odds of him being injured would have been a lot lower. And no one in the group chat is buying that whatsoever, alright? First of all, I feel like it probably would have hurt you more if it didn't break, then your head would have smashed into it too. And also, he probably wasn't expecting a fully grown human to be sprinting into his fence when he designed it. It was probably to like keep small stuff out, you know, just be a divider. I don't think when he was having it built that he'd tell the guy, yeah, I've always worried about people charging it as fast as they can and ramming into it. Make sure it can withstand that. And no one in the group chat agrees. Everyone's like, alright, you're being ridiculous. And he is so confident that it is not his fault somehow that any of this happens that he leaves the group chat and literally has not talked to that group of friends since, saying that, like, they didn't support him, you know, and they just were happy that he got injured. No one was happy that you got injured. They just didn't want to blame the guy who built a fence because you got tipsy and decided to try to run into it. This next one was sent in to me by someone who had just gotten to college and they expected to have like this super awesome college experience where their roommates were great and they had fun all the time and they were having fun all the time, but their roommates kind of sucked. This one roommate in particular had parents who didn't know how to tell him no. Like, it was very evident to everyone because when they had all been moving in and they were kind of interacting with each other's parents and whatnot, he would literally bully them into doing things for him. Like, he would just degrade his parents in front of people until they did what they wanted. And it was almost like he would do it to try to impress people, you know? Like, if people were around, he would go out of his way to embarrass his parents and make them do things and, like, make them look stupid. Very uncomfortable stuff, weird vibes. He would call them and demand money. Just uncomfortable stuff. But whatever, you know, he started doing it to, like, impress people at college. And the person who sent this to me really didn't like it, but it really became one of his main personality traits was that he was willing to bully his parents. So, of course, everybody is kind of uncomfortable with this, but he couldn't read the room very well, and he would literally call his parents on speaker and start yelling at them to try to flex on people that he had his parents wrapped around his finger. 
which is some like nuts behavior. Imagine just meeting somebody. You don't really know them that well. You haven't spent a lot of time with them. And one of the first things that they do is call their parents and start screaming at them in front of you to show you how awesome it is to have control over your parents. Like, I don't want to be your friend, man. If you're willing to call and scream at your parents just to flex to me, then who knows what you're going to try to do as my friend. I can't trust someone that's going to call his grandma and say she's a toothless hag to try to get a giggle out of the boys. There's a line. I'll do a lot to make my friends laugh, but I feel like attacking my family members is not there. One day, though, he had invited a bunch of people over to the dorm, and they had talked about wanting to go out and do something later, but this guy, being a loser, didn't really have any money, so they said they could figure something out to do instead. But he said, no, no, don't worry about it. I'll just call my parents, and they're going to give me money. And that's what made him a loser. It's not not having money. Like, if you don't have money, who cares? But if you're like, I don't need to get a job because mommy and daddy will pay for everything, that's some loser behavior. But he calls his dad, and as soon as his dad answers, he's like, what's up, bozo? You ready to give me some money? And his dad doesn't take to it very well and says, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And his son is confused and says, what do you mean you're not going to do this anymore? Like, what are you talking about? And his dad starts saying that he's very ungrateful, and every time he calls him, he treats him with disrespect, and it's always just wanting something. He never calls to check on his family. He never calls to ask about his siblings. It's just always for money. And his response to that is like, yeah, well, that's because I don't care about you or mom or how my siblings are doing. That's none of my business. I just need what I need. And everyone there is literally cringing because they can't believe he just said that. And his dad starts trying to give him some more advice. And he just replies to his dad by saying, Shut up and give me more money. I'm not coming to you for advice. I come to you for money. If I wanted advice, I would go ask someone more intelligent than you just going in on his dad. And it's very evident to everyone listening, which is very awkward that people are listening. Keep in mind, he's doing this all to flex on people that his dad's not messing around. And his dad's like, well, I'm not going to give you money. You need to listen to me before like, we end this conversation. But he snaps back at his dad and is like, no, you need to listen to me. I said give you money. You're not the type of person who can tell me no. Just nuts stuff to say to your parents. Like, I feel like A, anyone can tell you no. You don't have to like that they said it, but anyone can say it. And B, your parents should be the people that are telling you no the most often in your life. Like, if anything, if you put it all together... Including your childhood, who else has probably told you no more than your parents? It'd be hard for anyone to give them a run for your money considering they raised you, but whatever. He is going off on his dad saying, shut up, give me money, and his dad just hangs up. Which stood out to the person who sent this to me because his dad usually just took it and then caved in and everyone was kind of surprised he had hung up that had seen this before. A few of the new people literally got up and left after that because he had just made them uncomfortable, but he decides that he's going to try to call his dad back. So he calls his dad back, and his dad doesn't even let him talk this time, and is like, listen, you're cut off. We're not giving you any money anymore. We're not paying for anything. And his son is like, well, what do you mean you're not going to pay for anything? Almost flabbergasted, his parents had the nerve to ever mutter the words no to him. And his dad starts going off about how they're not paying for his food, they're not paying for his car, they're not paying for his school. He's got to figure out a way to pay for all of it. And his jaw literally drops open. He had been insulting his parents to flex on people, and now they're saying he's cut off, and he starts arguing with them. 
being like, you can't do that. And his dad says, yeah, actually, I can. You're very ungrateful for everything we do. You call me and insult me to, like, impress your friends. Even if your friends are impressed by that, they're probably not very good friends. Like, imagine all your boys get together. Oh, call and degrade your family members. Like, that's probably not the type of people you want to be spending a bunch of time with. But whatever, you've been taking it too far. So, yeah, figure out how to pay for it. Because if I'm going to be doing all this work to pay for my kid's school, the least he's going to do is be respectful. And he once again starts screaming, oh, you can't do that. You have to take care of me, I'm your kid. So his dad says something that should be obvious to everybody. You're an adult, pal. So uh, there's actually nothing that I have to do for you. I don't have to do anything. I literally have done my job legally. If I don't want to ever talk to you again, I don't have to. Which is cold, but I think he had been more than patient after taking weeks of every time his kid calls him just being insulted and being told he's nothing more than a piggy bank and he's good for nothing. And the spoiled kid is just sitting there stammering, not even knowing what to say, and he keeps trying to reason with him, and his dad finally snaps one more time and is like, I tried to tell you to listen. Literally, earlier this call, I said, stop and listen to me before we end this conversation, and you wouldn't, and this was why. I was going to talk to you and say you're very close to being cut off, but you just didn't want to listen. And at that point, he stands up, takes his dad off speaker, and walks out of the room. I'm surprised he kept it on speaker that long. The second he said, you're cut off, he probably should have taken it off speaker. But he was trying to be brave, maybe thought he would get a cool recovery moment. Nah, not the case, pal. Everyone just listened to the uh, cutting off Bifanito. And they can hear him through the door begging his dad not to cut him off because he's paying for all of his schooling and he doesn't know how he's going to pay for college. And they don't know what his dad is saying, but it was probably something along the lines of like, you should have thought about that before you started insulting me. And for the next few days, he kept, like, calling his parents and trying to apologize and trying to get them to pay for it. But he had pushed him too far, and every time he did, he would just get shut down. And they were like, no, you treated us really poorly. We're not going to keep paying for your school after all that. And uh, he actually had to go get a job, which is not the worst thing in the world. Like, everyone has to get a job. At least most people do, unless your parents were going to pay for you forever. But his whole demeanor changed. He became a lot less, like, over-the-top, cocky, confident, mean to people. Snapped him back to reality. So at the bare minimum, his parents did bring him back down to Earth. It was their fault that he was that high up in the clouds in the first place. But seriously, talk about fumbling a bag. Your parents agreed to pay for your entire college. That's a lot of money. Like, that's not a small favor that they're doing for you. And all you had to do was keep your mouth shut and not insult them, and you would get free schooling. And you just couldn't do it? Like, I feel like that's really not that difficult to do. Just shut up and finish school, dude. Your parents are paying for it. And also, why would you have to just go insult your parents to that point? I I don't understand. I'm not saying everyone's got beautiful situations with your parents, but, like, even if you don't like them, you could just not talk to them and keep getting your college paid for. You don't have to go out of your way to make sure that they dislike you and you get cut off. And why be mean to your parents? I don't know. Like, listen, have my parents done some stuff I don't like? 100%. But at the end of the day, they're my mom and dad. I'm not going to, like, make them that, that miserable. 
So we all know the weather's been changing, at least hopefully you've noticed that. If not, it's probably time for you to go outside, bro. And with the seasons changing, leaves fall off the trees, and it makes a little bit of a mess in people's yards. And you gotta pick it up somehow, like if you live in certain places, there's rules about, oh, there's only a certain amount of leaves you can have in your yard. And if you live in those places, that sucks, but regardless, sometimes you just need to have your leaves cleaned up. And if you don't have time to do it, you've gotta pay a company, but the neighborhood that this guy lives in there's an older guy who, like, just does it for everybody, and he 100% doesn't have to. People tell him he doesn't have to, but he just thinks that it's nice for the neighborhood if he helps pick up leaves. And everyone is super grateful for it, because it obviously saves them time and money, and if someone's saving you time and money, you're not going to be angry at them for it. And he does use, like, a backpack blower just to make it faster, because he'll do, like, two or three houses at a time. And no one really cares about the noise, because once again, he's solving a problem that either they would have to do, or, or they'd have to pay for. And if you were paying for it, then the guy would come out and use a blower, because he's trying to go fast to go to his next job, and then there would just be multiple noisy backpacks going every day. And on top of it, the guy's just being nice, so no one cares, no one says anything about it. And before anyone's like, well, why doesn't he use a rake? Because it takes way longer, and the guy's older, he's not gonna use a rake. And this blower is not loud enough to, like, hurt your ears, you know? It's not like there's a cannon going off repeatedly outside your door. It's just yard work. And so at 11 a.m., the person who sent this in to me starts hearing it, which seems like a reasonable time. Obviously, if he started doing this at 5 a.m., that might be a little bit annoying. I could get that. But if someone starts doing yard work at 11 a.m., I feel like that's past the time of the allowed complaining window. Like, that's just a reasonable time to do something outside on the weekend. And he's doing yard work. It's not like he's just playing music as loud as humanly possible for no reason. And so whatever, he knows who it is and what they're doing, so he just kind of like goes back to playing his video game, not really worried about it. But he starts hearing screaming, and it's like a woman screaming, what is that? What is that? And he looks out his window where the noise is, and he sees this Karen that he hasn't seen before, like, yelling at the old man with the blower backpack on. And she's pointing at the backpack, and her facial expression and the way she's pointing at the backpack makes it seem like she just found some strange alien device, you know? She, she had just stumbled upon some ancient alien relic that had started outputting this strange odor, and she was just so confused by it. And he wants to go see what's up because they're in his yard, so it's kind of becoming his business. And on top of it, he doesn't know why this lady is yelling at the guy who's doing him a favor. Anyways, he gets outside and he opens the door. And the first thing that he, like, really clearly hears is, Stop that racket! Racket? Like, what is this, 1811? Are you trying to ask someone to, like, stop playing with their phonograph? What are you asking them to do? I do say, cease this racket immediately. He goes over there, though, and is like, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? And the Karen turns to him and says, no, he's making so much noise, and it's ridiculous. I don't even know what he's doing. And so he tries to explain that, like, well, he's getting our leaves. It's okay. He's supposed to be here. We know it makes noise. And she stomps her foot and goes, it's so early. Keep in mind, it's almost noon. So I wouldn't really call that early. Maybe like some people have a different definition of if 9 a.m. is early or not. But noon is pretty universally not early. 
And on top of it, it's past the time where he can, like, legally do it. I think there is certain quiet hours, so even if you don't like it, it's okay for him to do it. And so he says that he's not gonna stop, like, he's gonna just keep cleaning up, and it's okay. He's fine. It's okay for him to be here. And she yells that she doesn't like the sound. And his response is to just be like, well, it's my lawn, so I don't really mind if you don't like the sound, because it's not happening in your yard, so it's not your problem. Well, you're just gonna let him be this loud? And the old man is like, no one's letting me do anything. I'm choosing to do this. This guy isn't my boss. It's not like he's paying me. Just leave me alone so I can finish what I'm doing. It's almost like she had forgotten that the old man had a say in it too, you know? Like he just had lost his freedom in her mind, just condemned to constantly be blowing leaves. This was just the only thing he ever did. And she turns to him when he starts speaking up and is like, take the blower off. And he says, no, I'm not going to take the blower off. I'm using it. And it's mine. Like, you can't tell me what to do. And she reaches over and starts trying to pull the strap off. And so he steps back and is like, don't touch me because no one wants to be touched by someone, especially if they're aggressively doing it. Like, it's pretty reasonable to say, hey, don't grab me and try to take my possessions off me. And her response to being told to back off is to be like, well, I said take it off right now. Okay, it doesn't matter if you said take it off right now. You're not his boss. Strangers don't have to listen to your orders. It's not necessarily something that you have to do. If a stranger walks up to you and is like, give me your car, you're well within your rights to look at them and go, no, I'm, I'm not going to give you my car. It's not like you're his boss or anything. So whatever, the homeowner at that point steps in and is like, I think you should leave. And she, at the point where she's getting kicked out now, goes back to the straps to rip the backpack off, except now she's doing it super aggressively. And so the old man, like, falls over, and she's trying to take it off. And at this point, she's just attacking him. And he's yelling for help, and the guy doesn't know what to do, so he just runs in and grabs his phone and is like, I'm calling the cops. And so he comes back out with his phone, uh, on the phone with the police, and she gets mad at him and is like, why are you calling the cops? And he's just like, are you kidding me? You just attacked an old man for blowing leaves at 1130. Like, what do you mean, why am I calling the cops? You're just attacking this dude. And she starts getting all mad at him, saying he didn't need to do that. They could have just resolved it. And she runs over to her house, gets in her car, and drives away. And he didn't even know where she had lived before, like, this was their first interaction. So he was really confused when it wasn't, like, his next-door neighbor or something, because you'd think if you're gonna get that mad about the sound, you'd have to live really close. How are you gonna get mad about a leaf blower, like, five houses down? Are you kidding me? Like, that's just a very unreasonable thing to think that you have any control over. Ah, the entire block has to remain silent, because I don't want there to be noise right now. Regardless, he called the cops and he starts talking to the old man and the old man's okay But very shaken up like he was just trying to blow some leaves next thing He knows he's getting shoved to the ground and someone's trying to rip his leaf blower off of his back And it takes a little bit for the cops to get there But they get there and they take a statement and he points to the house and he's like that's where she was But she drove away and as soon as he says that the officers are like all right Well, we don't really have time to sit around here and wait all day for her to maybe come home So we're gonna go and he was a little bit confused by that because like this lady literally attacked an old man I feel like that's a pretty good reason to wait, but whatever they left And so he decided to like let the neighborhood know about it Just so they could be on the lookout if he's ever out front blowing leaves in their yards Be on the lookout for someone that's gonna come try to attack him 
And the entire neighborhood was incredibly pissed. Like, everybody would yell at her and be like, why did you attack that old man? Not like go to her house and yell at her, but you know, if she was ever like trying to cause an issue for somebody, they'd be like, yeah, aren't you the person that started screaming at the old guy that takes care of our leaves? Because this old man, like I said, was a saint. He's retired and he just volunteers his time to like pick up everyone's leaves so they don't have to hire a landscaping company. Pretty solid dude. No reason to get mad at him. And what's crazy is the entire neighborhood's mad at her. They don't like her. And she just would not apologize for it. Like it literally would have all gone away if she would have just said, you know what? I didn't realize the situation. I'm super sorry. I shouldn't have screamed at the man with the leaf blower. But every time someone would get mad at her, she would be like, well, it's the old man's fault. Yeah, it's the old man's fault that you decided to attack him and throw him to the ground because he had a leaf blower on. And when they would point that out to her, she'd be like, well, he just shouldn't have been too loud. I think everyone's going to lose their temper if something gets too loud. I didn't know that was a fact. I didn't realize that if something gets loud, you're allowed to just start punching people in the face. It's like that scene from the Kingsman movie where like they have that thing in their ear that makes him go crazy in that one church. I don't really get how you can blame this on him, but basically ever since that, she's cut back a bunch on her interaction with anyone in the neighborhood, which is probably best for everybody. She doesn't have to hear about how she was wrong for attacking the old man, and they don't have to hear that it's the old man's fault for being attacked because he just shouldn't have been that loud. I don't know. I don't know how you can get mad at someone for collecting leaves for you, but this lady managed to find a way. What's that saying from, like, Jurassic Park, life finds a way? It's the same thing with Karens, you know? How could anyone get mad at this? Karens will find a way. Alright, on screen now is a gift card code. For those of you that don't know, I give one of these away in every single video I post here on the channel as a way to just say thank you to you guys for subscribing and turning on those notifications. So if you haven't already, you definitely should. I post videos like this regularly and I literally give away money. And if you are someone that's already subscribed with notifications on, then thank you for being just an absolute incredible person. Some of the smartest, sophisticated people on the planet are subscribed to this channel, actually. So the next story I've got for you guys is hilarious. So this person works at a game store, probably the game store you guys are thinking of that buys used games. There's really only one, and uh, they really love red lights because they love stopping. Either way, there were certain consoles at this store that just were hard to keep in stock. Even years after all this crap, it's still not uncommon for them to sell out of the next-gen consoles. It's not like the workers love having to tell people, no, we don't have any. Like, they don't take any joy in that. It's just the reality of the thing's super in demand, so they don't have a ton. But one guy comes in, and just off-rip, you can tell that he's got the whole, like, I'm better than you attitude. Oh, I've, I've got him so much money, I don't need to be in the store. And he starts demanding a PS5. Like, you guys need to get me a PS5 now, that's the only reason I'm here. The only way I'm gonna have a, a good customer experience is if you get me a PS5. And they're listening to this intense speech about how they need to make sure that he has the best customer experience and whatnot. And what's unfortunate is they were out of PS5s. The day before, they had had a few, but people had come in and bought them, so it's not like there's any way for him to just make one magically appear. So he tells the guy before he can continue his rant that, like, they don't have any. And as someone who's shopped at a store before, I feel like we all have, if a worker comes to you and goes, oh, we don't have any of this, yes, there might be a 2% chance they're lying, but at the same time, like, are you gonna sit there and argue with the guy about what does and doesn't exist in the store you don't work out? 
Well, apparently this guy decided that that was just the most logical approach because he looks at him and says, I know you have one. And the worker is really confused because it's like, yeah, but if I had one, I would sell it to you because it's my it's my job to sell consoles. Like, clearly I don't have one because we would want to sell it to you. And so he tells him, no, sir, I'm sorry, but we really don't have another PS5. Like, there's no way for me to make one appear. And this old man starts getting angry with him and is like, cut the crap. I know you have some back there. I know it's store policy to keep a few extras in the back. Just go back and get one of the secret consoles. And once again, the worker's like, secret consoles, dude? What What are you talking about? You're coming in trying to buy something that's been sold out for years now. It's a lot easier to find them in stock, but it's not easy. And you think that we just have this secret room full of all these consoles that have been highly in demand. We could have sold them for a huge profit, but we've just been hanging on to them secretly. I don't think any game store would do that. I don't think any business in general would do that. If someone told me their business plan was to hide half of their stock in the back and make people think it was out of stock and then sell it all from the back, I'd be like, that's a dumb idea. Why don't you just put it out and sell it normally? I don't know why this company would just decide randomly to hide their most expensive items and only the super secret people that are smart enough to ask get it. Like, I don't think that's how business works. Either way, when he tells the guy, like, yeah, still don't have a PS5, doesn't matter if you think there's a secret room in the back, we don't have one, not much I can do. He starts getting really angry, like face turning red, a little bit of spit coming out when he's talking. I know you have some extra. And it's a pretty dead day. It's not like there's a ton of people in the store. So his manager looks over and sees this guy like starting to have the beginning stages of a stroke or something because he's getting so mad at the fact that they don't have this console. So his manager comes over to just see what's going on, make sure this like situation doesn't escalate as managers do. And he comes over and is like, hey, what's the problem? Your worker refuses to sell me a new console. It's like he wants your business to lose money. I don't know how you function with employees like this. Okay, so now you're just going to try to get the guy fired too because he can't give you something that they don't have. Like, <laughs> what? And his manager is confused too because it's not like this worker is having a bunch of problems not selling people things. So he asks the guy, like, well, what console? He replies PS5. Even the manager is now aware of the situation. So he tries to politely explain to this guy that those are super in demand. We don't have any. I'm so sorry. And his response to the manager saying, we also don't have a PS5, is to be like, you're in on this too. I knew there was a conspiracy for you guys to keep these consoles, but I didn't realize how up the flagpole it went. How up the flagpole it went. If the worker is hiding consoles, wouldn't it make sense the manager is too? And I know they're not hiding consoles, but I love that in his mind. Like the manager of the store is as up the flagpole as it gets. Might as well have just discovered, like, an Illuminati-level conspiracy. That's how he was acting. I cracked the code. Everyone's in on this together. Yeah, all the workers got together this morning, and they said, there's one guy in particular who we all hate that we're just not going to give a console. Just that guy. Everyone else, you know, we have tons of PS5s. Let's just keep them in the back like a secret and only say no to this guy. So no one really understands what he's trying to imply by saying that there's some conspiracy to not give him the consoles. So he starts trying to nicely explain, the manager, no one's conspiring against you. There is no secret plan for us to like keep all the consoles from you. That's not what's going on. He's not having any of it though. He's like, I know how this works. You guys are, are going to go above and beyond to convince me there's none here as a sales tactic. 
And now the worker talks up again and he's like, what sales tactic? It's not like we really need to do a whole lot of sales pitches to get people to buy stuff when they're in the store looking for a console. And he starts going off about how they're going to pretend that they don't have one once again and then like fake find one right before he leaves. So that way he's desperate to buy it. I don't think that the store has to do stuff like that. And even if they did, wouldn't that be a dumb idea? Because now you're just pissed off and angry. In what business class do they teach you the best way to make a sale is to piss off the customer as much as possible? And so they kind of like, once again, for the eighth time now, tell them, we just don't have any consoles. And now they're stopping being nice. The customer service voice is dropping. They're just being like, we don't have any consoles. You gotta go. And he starts trying to guilt trip them, saying that he's gonna leave the store and they're gonna miss out on their commission that they could have made by selling him a console. And that's even funnier to them because now they realize he really just has no clue how this works because they don't make per commission at all. I almost said permission. They don't make commission. It's not like th their store is out here giving them $50 for each next-gen console they sell. Trust me, I feel like if that was the case, they'd be grinding trying to sell them to you. If they were making commission on the consoles, why would they not let you buy one? Like, if anything, they would be trying to push people to buy consoles they don't even need because of the commission. If they got paid per console, they'd be out there grinding, dude. You'd see them on TikTok, like, buy a console now. They'd be doing dance videos trying to go viral, like those corporations that are trying to go viral on TikTok, and it's mad cringe. Anyways, he's getting increasingly angry and he's like, I'm going to give you guys to the count of three to find a next-gen console and bring it out here or we're going to have bigger issues. And he starts counting down. And I've never understood why a grown-up would do that to another grown-up because I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, when people snap their fingers at me or start counting, it triggers something in my brain that, that turns me back into, like, caveman mode where I'm just like, oh, we're, we're fighting now. Not literally, if you snap your fingers at me, I'm not gonna fight you. If you count at me, I'm not gonna like literally fight you. But that that's a pretty disrespectful thing in my opinion. Like if you're gonna start counting down at another adult demanding they do something before you get to one, that's just rude. You do that to like little kids when they're freaking out. You don't do that to a worker you know nothing about. And obviously none of these grown men are gonna start running all over the place trying to find a console that doesn't exist when he's counting down. And so he gets to the end of the countdown and they're still standing there and he looks at them and goes, where is it? Well, they didn't move the entire time you were counting down. So I'm, I'm going to guess not in their hands. They didn't move. Did you think they did the SpongeBob thing where they were like, want to see me run and grab the console? Want to see me do it again? Clearly, they were not in a rush to go get a console during this countdown and they didn't do it. And they'd retell him, we don't have any. We told you. And he starts screaming. He was already mad before, but now he's just like straight up raging. This is ridiculous. I can't believe that you guys are refusing to sell me one of these. They're not refusing to sell you anything. They just don't have them. You guys are losing my business. I can't believe that you're going to let a paying customer walk out the door. And the manager is like, sir, we have customers here all the time. I'm not going to be spoken to this way. You can leave. Now we're not going to sell you one even if we do have one. And when he hears that, he turns around and they happen to have like this little display set up with all these plush figures, like all the plushies. And he smacks it. So all the plushies go flying everywhere. The like display rack falls to the ground. And he turns back and looks at them angry and is like, that's what you get for not selling me a console. Oh, wow, man, I am shaking in my boots. You took your anger out on a plushie display. 
oh no, I, I am quivering. Like, dude, you picked the least intimidating thing to take your anger out on, even in general. Like, if you start punching stuff in a store to try to intimidate the workers, you're 100% in the wrong. But imagine trying to intimidate somebody by, like, beating up a plushie. So whatever, he leaves and they clean it up and uh, they were just talking about how insane it was. And what was funny is, like, 99.9% .9 of the time working with customers at this guy's job is his favorite part. Because usually it's just people that like video games, and he likes video games, and they talk about video games. But every now and then, the, the Karens just decide to pop up, or in this case, a Darren. I would love to know if there's any couples out there that got the Darren-Karen name combo, because you know they're unbeatable when it comes to yelling at managers. All right, and the last story I have for y'all today is just insanely funny, but not long. So the person who sent this in to me was going on a run on Saturday, and he usually just runs in his neighborhood and has absolutely no issues. But he turns the corner, and he sees, like, four grown men in just tank tops standing out in the road. Almost looks like the beginning of King of the Hill, you know, when all the dads are just kind of standing there drinking beer. Like, very much a similar vibe. And he sees them looking like they're talking to him, but he has headphones in. So he takes off his headphone and is like, huh, what? And one of them goes, is that your drone? And he looks up and he sees a drone, probably a good 150 feet up above him. And he's like, no, I'm running. How would he be flying the drone if he has nothing in his hands and is, like, running down the street? Do you think he's controlling it with his mind, you know, Elon Musk Neuralink style? And they start explaining to him that, like, they don't want the drone there and why they don't want the drone there because they feel like it's spying on him. And he's just standing there listening to them like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I, I get why you don't want a drone flying above your house for an extended period of time, but it's not my drone. So I'm really not sure what you would like me to do about it. It was almost like these four had been standing there complaining about it for a while. And so like the first person that walked up that wasn't in their group, they just decided to let them know every concern that they had about this drone. And I get it. It is weird if there's just a drone hovering above your house for an extended period of time. But it's not every stranger that walks by's drone, you know? Like, oh, you without the controller. Is this your drone? And so when he says, yeah, there's certainly a drone there, I don't know what to do about it. They're like, well, what should we do? He's not a drone whisperer. He's not an expert. And he says, I'm not sure. Maybe just like get it out of the sky. And he goes to keep running, but he's confused because a fifth guy magically appears from one of the garages and starts walking over with a bow and arrow. And so he doesn't run away just yet because obviously he's very curious to see what this guy's about to do with the bow and arrow and to see if he's about to go all like Robin Hood on the drone, you know, Legolas, just drone down. And so he walks underneath the drone, pulls out a lighter and lights the arrow on fire, which I mean, plus five cool points, but I'm not really sure if that's the best way to take out a drone. Think about it. I don't think it being on fire, if it hits the drone, does anything bonus, and you're shooting it up into a neighborhood. So if you miss and the flaming arrow comes down on top of somebody's roof and you can't get to it, are you going to go to jail for arson? I just feel like the flaming arrow might not be worth it, but whatever, he does it. And uh, he pulls it back, fires the arrow. And you would think that there's no way this guy's got the accuracy to hit the drone. But somehow, instead of using his luck to win the lottery, he used it all on this moment. Because the flaming arrow smacks into the drone. The drone starts spiraling down with the flames coming off of it. And everyone is like, yeah, they start cheering. The runner's just kind of standing there. Could you imagine the guy who was flying the drone? He's just like, oh, I'm trying to get some uh, B-roll shots of this neighborhood I'm making a documentary on. 
Next thing you see is just like a flaming ball coming towards you and then your drone turns off. Did I just get shot with a fire arrow? Like that's what he's thinking. Either way, the drone hits the ground and uh, he's looking at it and it's on fire and he looks back up and all five of the guys had vanished. It was like they wanted nothing to do with this. They just all went inside like, okay, when the guy comes to find his drone, the guy with the flaming arrow can't be here. And once he realized that all the men had disappeared, he's like, well, if the drone guy shows up, I'm the only one here, so I'm going to get the blame. So he ran over to the drone and, like, stomped out the fire, which probably was not better for the drone. But it had already been impaled with a fire arrow, so it's not like stomping on it was going to make it any worse. And he ran away, too, because he's like, I'm not getting blamed for this. I had nothing to do with it. Either way, a little bit of a, I, I don't know, like a little bit of a Karen move. But at the same time, don't hover drones above people's houses. That's weird. I'm not saying you deserve to have it shot with a fire arrow, but weird to spy on people. All right. Today's story time was actually given to me by a good friend of mine named Alex. It was when he was traveling over the holidays to go see his family. And the one thing about traveling is it always really sucks. Not the, like, destination part. Once you're there, super sick. But being in the airport, getting on the plane, being on a bus, whatever it may be, any way you get from point A to point B probably is not the most pleasant thing in the planet. And it becomes even more unpleasant when you bump into a Karen. And my friend Alex happened to bump into, like, a Super Saiyan Karen that had gone full power level. She was just out of control. Going absolutely ballistic, breaking people's stuff, which does not add to the whole unfunness of traveling. Like, I feel like getting from point A to point B with all of my possessions intact is what I'm trying to do. But anyways, I digress. Back to my friend Alex. Alex is a little bit of an eccentric fellow. I think that's probably the best way to describe him is eccentric. I, I wouldn't call him crazy or weird or anything, but he just has a little bit of a different way of doing things. He kind of just does what he wants. Which is fair. I respect it. It's one of the things I like about him. And it's not like a bad doing what he wants. He's harmless. He's chill. He just marches to the beat of his own drum. And he marches to the beat of his own drum so much that he ended up moving from where we're from in Las Vegas to like this tiny cabin in Wyoming or Montana. One of those states. I can't really remember. But he's got this whole like cowboy vibe. He lives in this tiny cabin in the middle of nowhere. He works doing, like, something with nature. I don't even understand how he gets paid to do what he does, but he just kind of, like, walks around, I guess. Like, that, that's really the best way to describe it. But he's a cool dude. He's got a cool life, you know? He, he just enjoys life. Like, that's the best way to describe it. He's just a chill guy. And whatever. He hadn't seen his family in a few years because, you know, he just likes living in his little cabin alone in the woods. But his parents were like, please come see us, okay? It's been a long time. It's Thanksgiving. You're supposed to be near your family. If you're not near your family, then you suck so you better come see us and they said they were going to give him money for a plane ticket and Alex said okay if you're gonna pay for it I'll come but when his parents sent him the money for the plane ticket he decided that he was going to buy a bus ticket instead and then keep the difference which all right man I guess if you're interested in doing a multi-day bus ride to save some money that's totally your decision uh me personally if someone gave me money for a flight I'd much rather fly in a couple hours than sit on a bus for a few days that's just me though I just feel like after four hours in the car, I start feeling like a trapped animal I wouldn't want to do 36 hours straight. But maybe that's also because all of my experiences on a bus are like school buses, which are known for just being the worst place to ever exist in the history of the planet. So whatever, my uh, friend Alex has this really long bus ride coming up and he had this iPad that he would use to like watch YouTube and Netflix and all that stuff. And when you're going to
going to go on a long bus ride, you're going to bring your iPad. That just makes sense. The only way you can sit on a bus for 36 hours without getting bored out of your mind is if you're watching movies or doing something. I know there was a long time people rode the bus before that stuff existed. I, I don't know how they do it. Like, imagine actually going from, you know, Maryland or something to LA, which is further than the distance my friend traveled, without anything to entertain you. Just rereading the newspaper over and over again. No wonder. No wonder. No wonder. Excuse me. They were so much more efficient back in the day. Cocaine was legal and they they just didn't have stuff to distract them. If I sat on a bus ride for 36 hours with nothing else to think about, I'd probably come up with a bunch of solutions for problems too. So my friend Alex, he gets his iPad, heads over to the bus station, ready to be entertained for a long 36 hours. And I don't really know what to expect, and he didn't either. He had never been on a bus ride that long. The furthest bus ride that either of us had really done before this is like across town or something, or like a school trip where it was a couple hours to another state or whatever. So I don't really know what to expect, and neither did my friend Alex when he's telling me this, but I was guessing, and so was he, that it'd be a little bit like an airplane, where you just kind of, you get on the bus, you say hello, and then you don't really say anything for the rest of the trip because you just don't talk to people. I know that's probably sounding very antisocial to some of you, but I don't like having to make small talk with strangers, especially when I'm just trapped next to them. That's just really not something that I love to do, and I don't think anyone does. I know all the extroverts in the comments right now are like, you don't want to make friends with everybody? No, I don't. I, I really don't. We get it. Everyone likes you. Cool. You, you have a great talent. There's a reason I picked my job to be, like, talking to myself in my room, you know? Whatever, though. Uh, my friend gets on the bus and takes his seat, and this older gentleman comes and sits next to him and Alex wasn't stupid he knew somebody was going to sit next to him it's not like that was unexpected so he looks at the old man he says hello the old man says hello back and it's about as pleasant as it could possibly be nothing too crazy they don't even say anything to each other other than hello but the lady in front of them like puts her hands on the seat and turns around and says a comment along the lines of are you guys gonna be talking the entire ride and both Alex and the old man are a little bit confused and say no. And they don't really know why she's being so aggressive about the fact that they literally said hello to each other, but they also don't think about it either. My, my friend Alex is the type of guy who lets stuff go, like, really fast, sometimes a little too fast. You could steal this guy's car and crash it, and he would apologize to you for leaving it unlocked. Like, he was just that type of guy, a little too nice. So whatever, he just assumes that this lady in front of him is probably having a bad day, maybe someone pooped in her cornflakes, who knows? There's a myriad of things that could make you have a day this bad, but there's a long bus right ahead and he doesn't want to have a mortal enemy on the bus, so he just drops it, lets it go. But the Karen does not let it go. She just keeps making little rude comments as people get on, talking about their outfits or their luggage. Like, talking about how it wasn't name brand or whatever. And I'm not trying to sound like an elitist, but I feel like unless you're riding on a private jet or something, then you really have no room to be judging what people are traveling with. Even if you have Gucci, dude, if you have the sickest Louis luggage of all time, you're still on the bus, so I don't really know why you're thinking that you're so much better than everybody else that's getting on the same bus as you. You probably could have bought a few plane tickets for the same price of your luggage if it's designer. So I, I think you might be spending your money in the wrong places if you're sitting on a bus making fun of people for not having designer shoes and designer luggage. I feel like people are also just in the modern day traveling as comfortable as humanly possible, even if I owned a Gucci sweatsuit, which I don't. I don't want to sit on a bus with that for 36 hours. I'm going to wear some, like, champion sweats and a hoodie. I'm not trying to go above and beyond when I'm on a plane. 
But this Karen just keeps making comments about how people didn't show up for the fashion show. Once again, it's a bus ride. It's not a fashion show. They're here to get from point A to point B, not impress you. It's super simple. And nobody seemed thrilled with the comments, but no one wanted to start off this insanely long bus ride with a fight either. But then Karen does something that really just bugs the crap out of everybody, at least it should. She gets on the phone, which is already rude enough if you're like, on a plane or in an airport or whatever, but then she puts it on speaker and proceeds to have an entire conversation with somebody on the other line. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves ever, is when people are just on the phone insanely loud in public. If you've gotta be on the phone in public, I get it. Sometimes you gotta take the call, but if you put the call on speaker, that's annoying. Especially because for whatever reason, I feel like whenever someone's on speakerphone, it's just a really serious conversation that I don't wanna hear about. It's never like a guy on the phone in the grocery store talking about this completely normal situation. It's always somebody like on the phone with their doctor finding out that they have a weird STD and they don't know how they got it. Like just nothing that you want to be listening to. So of course, this lady's on the phone and she proceeds to have this super long conversation with her doctor about how she can't poop or whatever. And everyone is like, she's actually having this conversation right now. And keep in mind, this is after she had yelled at Alex and the old man for like, oh, are you guys going to talk the entire time? And then answers a speaker call with her doctor about how she can't poop. You can't be mad at people for talking too loudly and then do that. That is the definition of being too loud and annoying. Everyone is getting more and more annoyed because it's like the first 15 minutes of the bus ride. And so far, she's commented on how they're dressed like garbage and then had a really loud conversation. And you know when there's a volcanic eruption, like it doesn't always erupt right away. There's a little bit of time where the volcano's rumbling. It's grumbling. It ate some Taco Bell. It's tummy's a little bit upset before it finally goes boom. That's kind of what the bus is starting to feel like. A little bit of a pressure cooker situation. Everyone's getting more and more annoyed. And finally, everything snaps when the old man, who had been sitting next to Alex this entire time and remained silent, gets up to use the restroom. And I don't know what a bus bathroom is like, but I'm going to assume that you have to be pretty brave to go take a dookie on the bus. Even then, like the turns, the dives, the bumps and bumps of the road. Bumps and bumps. I don't know why I said that twice, but whatever. You guys get what I'm saying. Like, pooping on the road would be difficult. Even sometimes pooping on the plane. I have this nightmare. What if there's turbulence right now? Do I really want to fly out the toilet like this? Like, that, that goes through my mind. I couldn't imagine trying to use the bathroom on the bus. But whatever. He gets up to go to the bathroom, and the lady pops up like, like a Pez dispenser, pushes past this old man, turns around to stop him, like some weird reverse swim move that a defensive lineman should do, and is like, where do you think you're going? And he says, uh, the bathroom, because he was probably gonna go to the bathroom. And she's like, well, I have to go. And the old man replies, okay, well, so do I. And she's like, well, you need to sit down until it's your turn. And at that point, some people on the bus ask the lady, like, what is your problem? And instead of looking around and realizing that everyone's looking at her and asking what her problem is, she decides that she's going to get angrier at the old man. Look what you did, now everyone's upset with me. And he's just confused as can be, not really understanding what's going on. So he just sits back down to avoid any conflict. And 
and instead of letting it go, she decides to come over and like stand over him intimidatingly and start demanding an apology. And he's not going to apologize. And as the rest of the bus continues to be like, leave the old man alone, she starts to argue with the rest of the bus. Because when she had started yelling at him, people were like, I'm not cool with her going in on this old guy. I'm going to do something. So she's alternating between demanding an apology and yelling at these guys who are like telling her to stop. Keep in mind, the old man just wanted to go pee. It's not like he wanted any of this to happen. And Alex is getting more and more annoyed. He had stayed silent, but it just keeps building up. And finally, he just has to say something. So he looks at Karen and is like, don't you have to pee? Why are you still arguing? Like, you have to go to the bathroom, don't you? And he's not trying to be rude. The tone is definitely rude because he's annoyed, but he's just trying to give her an out to, like, leave. And she's having none of it. She looks at Alex and turns her head sideways. You know that curious look dogs do when they're like, hmm, is that a piece of popcorn? Like, that's the look she does at him. Excuse me? You're such an immature man. If you think you can talk to me that way, you have another thing coming. He said, don't you have to pee? It's not like he slapped you in the face with an insult. He literally just asked if you had to use the bathroom. He's not even trying to fight with you. So Alex is confused because she's just like attacking this old man and hasn't gone to the bathroom when she said she had to. So he was just trying to remind her. And so she starts yelling at him and Alex, wanting to be the type of guy who just lets it go, decides to ignore it. So now him and the old man are standing there while she's trying to yell at them, literally not saying or doing anything while she's going off. And the rest of the bus is arguing with her. And it's just this huge thing. It gets so bad that even the bus driver way up at the front of the bus comes over the intercom and is like, all right, everybody, relax, go back to your seats. It's going to be okay. It doesn't really work. And every time she stops arguing with everybody else and starts trying to yell at Alex and the old man and they literally ignore her, they don't do anything, she's getting angrier and angrier. Because they're just pretending that she doesn't exist. And eventually, she gets so annoyed with them pretending that she doesn't exist that she decides, looking at Alex on his iPad, that she's going to grab it. And she reaches over and all Alex sees is this hand grab onto the top of the iPad and rips it out of his hand because it's not like he was expecting someone to grab it. All right. Alright guys, I'm going to interrupt the video for just one second on screen now as a gift card. I give one of these away in every video to say thank you to you guys for subscribing and turning on those notifications. So if you haven't already, be sure to do that. And if you already do, then, well, you're a legend. And without further ado, let's get back to it. Anyways, Alex looks up to see where his iPad went and he sees that Karen has it in her hands with just like an evil, smug-looking smile. Not the type of smile that you want to see if someone's holding your electronics above your head. And she's like, you can't ignore me now, can you? Which is just an insane thing to say. Imagine being a fully grown adult, like mid-30s, early 40s, and ripping an iPad out of someone's hands so they can't ignore you. If that doesn't scream immature, then I really don't know what does. Like, this reminds me of something my little cousin would do if I was talking to them or, like, not talking to them. Just in general, I feel like all my little cousins are addicted to iPads, so they would steal an iPad from a blind man if they could. No offense. You know, like their aunt's watching this like you said my son would steal from a blind man. Yeah, he probably would I'll just be honest but by the time someone has voted in like five presidential elections, you would think that they wouldn't act that way anymore. This lady is paying taxes and still doing this crap. So Alex gets up and immediately just starts saying, give me my stuff back, which is an obvious thing that you would do. And the old man is in between Alex and Karen as they're arguing. So he's not gonna like lunge at her. And even if the old man wasn't there, it is just like a middle-aged lady and he just wants his stuff back. I don't know. I don't feel like 
like you just lunge at somebody. You're like, give me my stuff back. You don't just start attacking them, right? And she starts doing that thing that older siblings do where they're like, come and get it, come and get it. Like sticking their tongue out. And he's not going to fall for it. And he just keeps being like, give me my stuff back. Give me my stuff back. He's not going to try to cause a giant scene. He just wants it back. And then somebody behind the Karen goes, I'll grab it for you. And before the Karen can react, they run up and snatch it back out of her hands and give it to Alex. And this all goes down really fast. So it's just kind of sitting in Alex's hand like a plate that you could just run up and grab. And before he can get his hand on it, Karen decides that she doesn't want to be bested in immature combat and starts being like, no, 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 no. And before Alex even has time to process that his iPad is back in his hand, she reaches over and grabs it again. And I've got to give Alex some crap here. What are you doing, Butterfingers? Like, you're my friend, but come on, she already grabbed your iPad once. You didn't learn your lesson and start grabbing onto it a little bit more? Goodness gracious. To be fair, I don't think he expected her to do it in the first place or again but what's the J Cole line you know fool me one time shame on you fool me twice can't put the blame on you but if you fool me three times whoo buddy watch out for that peace sign because it ain't coming I'm gonna load that chopper and let it rain on you but instead of fooling him a third time the Karen just decides she's had enough of this iPad lifts it over her head and then smashes it down onto her knee and surprisingly like snaps it like it's a piece of balsa wood in a karate class you know and the guy's like I'm gonna chop 90 boards with my hands that's how easily she manages to break this iPad I don't know if it was karate Karen strength or whatever but somehow she did it and Alex is in shock the bus is in shock and then Karen starts letting out this victory screech like honestly now that I'm thinking about it breaking an iPad in half like screaming after she might have just been on bath salts like that one dude that ate that dude's face in like 2013 that's what this is sounding like some weird some weird bath salt type of situation but whatever at this point the bus driver pulls over the bus because he's hearing this commotion going on in the back like a wwc or wwc wwe cage match sorry wwc what does that stand for what works clearinghouse it's a digital library of educational research whatever who cares it's not the wwe and once he parks the bus he gets up to come investigate and karen starts yelling that he has to remove everyone but her from the bus which I don't really think that's how it works you can't like destroy people's stuff and then kick them off the bus imagine if the company did that that's probably a bankruptcy waiting to happen well we kicked all the paying customers off so the one lady can just run around breaking everything so the bus driver asks what happened because he sees the broken iPad and the Karen starts trying to say that Alex and the old man were egging her on and forced her to freak out and it couldn't be possibly her fault because that's just absurd and the bus driver at first is like, okay, son, come clean about what happened to Alex. But thankfully, everyone around them starts being like, no, that's not what happened. It was the Karen. And the driver, realizing that he was about to be bamboozled, now isn't even happier with the Karen. He doesn't know what went on, but all he knows is that she just tried to trick him to kick off this guy that didn't do anything. And so he starts trying to, like, hear what's going on. And the Karen, knowing the game is up, starts demanding a refund. Give me my money back and I'll just leave. And the driver is confused but is like, well, I can give you a refund for, like, $5 of traveling that you have left if you want. But it's five miles into the city, so just stay on the bus and get off after. And I don't know if it was pride, anger, or just, like, some insanity. But she's like, I don't even care. 
And so the bus driver re-clarifies. So just so we're clear, you are asking to walk five miles into town. And she's like, yeah, I can do that in my sleep. I'm not even afraid of that. And listen, I'm not going to say that she couldn't do it. I'm pretty sure most humans could walk five miles if they absolutely had to. But do you want to walk five miles carrying a suitcase behind you? That's maybe more of what I would be considering. I don't want to do that. And the driver is standing there confused and then finally is like, if you 100% want to get off, I can get your stuff and give you the $5 refund and repeatedly makes it clear how far it is and like he's more than willing to give her a little bit of a refund at the gas station or when they let everybody off. And Alex realizes that she's probably afraid that they're like gonna call the cops or something because she kept looking at him and being like, don't snitch to the cops about the iPad. And that was making him laugh because he wasn't even planning on calling the cops about it. Like, yeah, it sucked, but like, what is he gonna do about it? What are the cops gonna do, not show up for 20 minutes? So Alex isn't even planning on snitching. Not that it would be snitching to tell on someone for breaking your stuff. That's just kind of like vandalism and destruction of property. But he was not trying to have to like sit at the bus stop and wait for the cops to show up. He just wanted to get to Thanksgiving. Either way, she gets her stuff and like straight up on the side of the road just starts walking and so the bus driver gets over the intercom and is like, honestly, I've worked in this job for a long time. I've never seen anything like this. That was wild. I don't know. I feel like I would probably make it like a half a mile if I had to lug all my crap behind me, but she was gung-ho about it and he didn't see her at the bus stop, so who knows. Either way, the bus company did end up compensating him. They have like an insurance policy for if anything happens while you're on the bus, so they ended up giving him money for a new iPad, so it's not like he was out a ton. It was just a really insane situation. I still want to know what that lady was on. There's no way she just brute strength broke an iPad in half. Like, I refuse to believe that that's the reality of what happened. Anyways, guys, that's gonna do it for the video, though. Hopefully you enjoyed. If you did, I would really, really appreciate y'all taking a second to press the like button. Let me know what you thought in the comments section down below. And of course, subscribe if you're new. If you don't know what to comment, go ahead and comment iPad down below. Put an F in the chat if you're uh, sad about Alex's iPad. But yeah, other than that, you guys can check out the podcast where I post these in audio form. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You listen to it there. You can probably find it there. So yeah, other than that, don't get anyone pregnant. If you do, make sure they're hot. And hopefully I'll see you guys next time. I'm out. Peace.